0: hi i'm terry ryan and you're listening to the nasty knuckles podcast
3: you're listening to nasty knuckles the Hockey Outlaws Podcast, with your host, Derek Nasty Sotomayor, Sotomayor, and former Philadelphia Flyer Enforcer, Riley Cote, as they go behind the scenes with your favorite NHL players. Time to face off.
1: All right, welcome back. What's happening, Steve? Well,
3: what's up, Regga, Glad to get you back in the uh, stew here after we just waited two and a half hours from your last uh, phone call. Oh. <laughs> two and a half hours. Oh, uh, it well, felt, felt like it. Ballardy, even when Debo starts talking, you take oh, a long yeah. time, My, boys. My bad. Kidding around. Hey, coming off a huge, controversial win in men's league. Oh, um, yeah. Actually, really wasn't. It. But it was, but it wasn't called toronto got the view oh yeah peelsy i sent <laughs> i sent timmy peel our good friend the vidzy and he said no goal, no goal. Yeah, um, yeah but uh yeah had a had fun it just gave you such a sick dime in the slot and you fanned on it yeah you did what i would do you didn't really fan while you were kind of backing up but uh it was a good game. it was it's, a whiff it was it was kind of a whiff uh but you had to get back into old skates because you you know like
1: so it happens to leave your skates, gloves, and uh, helmet oh, and a, and in your the car, car in South Philly. Yeah, your car gets <laughs> broken into. I guess that is Brand what happens. Brand new wheels, two times used. Mm. Back I didn't to even old. know you used
3: them twice. I thought it was once.
1: Yeah, well. Um, but anyway. But
3: big championship game this weekend. Yeah. They have a uh, guest head coach coming in uh, for is the it game. Confirmed? We'll see. It's not confirmed. We're working on it. We can't show
1: hand too much. Here. No, no, no. No, no. I don't want to give
3: the, old, uh, the other team a sniff about who our coach is. No, I can't have that. But uh, always a good game against Rolling Rock. Uh, I know they were pissed, but the puck was not across, if it was across the line, you couldn't tell because it was under Joey's pads and you can't say it's in if you don't see it's in. That's and, right. and it's funny, if you watch the video, watch will give it the baller. The ref says, yeah, No. no goal. And then Joey uh, goes to get up and he kicks his foot back. And then, and of course, the puck yeah, went and in. And he but says it's a goal. boys were sour. It's yeah. tough. But we, we got screwed last year when they kicked Joey out of the game. Oh, yeah. Because the guy had started some shit. So, anyway, it whatever. Happens. Mensley
1: controversies.
3: Mensley controversies. We're gonna have a big night. We want everyone there. It's gonna be amazing. <laughs> it should be a, be a the house. It's gonna be. I a know night. Debo's calling all the broads. He he's gotten that phone, which it's it's a it's a lot. Yeah. Um. And Baller will be there. So uh, anyway, that's this Sunday. Can't wait. Oh yeah. Six thirty start time or something like that.
1: You better be ready, ask. Oh, I'll be ready. Cut, I could not be
3: any worse than I was. Last. I shouldn't say I can't be because then I will be. But I had a tough game. Um, a couple good dishes. Yeah, that was about Couple. the end of it. I, t- I remember I, I told you, I asked the ref one time, you have a right-handed stick because I think <laughs> maybe I should play right-handed at this point. Anyway, since we last met, Flyboys have dropped – or dropped. Dropped. Rolled five yeah. in a row. They've dropped teams. Yes, they have. <laughs> uh, five in a row um, starting I, I – got to give a little bit of credit, I think, to Debo and Baller because they were at the Montreal game when they won in a shootout, and I heard Debo – Ripped the shirt off, it was nasty knuckles right across oh, his chest. Yeah. And the boys get the they boys come through and a shootout win. Mm-hmm. Um, it all seriously, in all seriousness, though, then you, you go on a road, a pretty tough road trip, man. Like any road trip's tough, you go going to other buildings, but you, you beat the wild in OT, yeah. Um, really good Jets team who was, on yeah, fire. I know they were hey, what 11 in, in a row or something. Yeah, something, crazy. something crazy like that. And then they go into St. Louis, beat, beat the Blues who've been playing well. Um, and then come home last night and i mean you know talk about like a coach knowing his team and and having a feel he uh, a feel for the team he gave them 2 days off i know they did not practice I and they know. went and and they dominated that was that. Wise. they dominated that game I, last night i mean realistically it was 21 to 1 in shots uh me and Ball were talking about that like I don't know. They got their second shot of the game, thirteen forty left or somewhere around that. Yeah. I mean, that's a team that's forechecking hard. I'm talking about the Flyers. I mean, they played great yeah. last night, and and we might have saw a goal of the year last oh, night. Oh, mean, Danny Savard-esque uh, by He's our boy Owen Tippett. He is on fire, and he shot a seed. His first goal off a faceoff, just an yeah. absolute bomb uh, over the shoulder, but uh, the. Frosty had a game. He's the number one star. That's yeah. my boy. You know that. Um, fun to watch right now, and it's yeah. it's hard not to talk playoffs. Everyone is on every network, every social media. You see, man. I mean, don't want to jinx them because we've we've done that in the past. But they're just. Say it again. It's it's probably getting uh, boring to say, but like, they're just hard to play against, man. Yeah. And they make you play. If you're going to beat them, you you got to earn it.
1: Yeah, that's it. Pesky Flyers. I mean, they're playing fast and hard, and fast, I man. mean, they're finding greasy ways to win games. I mean, like the you said the road, the road trip, slamming out a few of those those games. Oh. Um, they're all towing in the right direction. Yes, same direction. And phew, I mean, we've, we keep saying the same exact thing. I feel, but. Um, relentless just relentless. relentless and they just keep f- climbing yeah they're their second second spot now They're yeah. two points out of the first yeah so they, it's, it's who, amazing who would ever imagine this no one
3: no um, one. And, and it wasn't being negative no, either it's just, just what you're expecting going realistic. into a rebuild and it is a legit rebuild i i had heard danny and jonesy talking this week and you know, they got some tough decisions. Actually, I heard Torch talking about it as well with Ashland. Oh, yeah. um, uh, Yesterday, there was a little interview, and, it, and they got some tough decisions to make. And One of the the things that Torch said, man, is that you got to be careful. You can't fall in love as far as players because yeah. you're going to have to make moves, and it's going to be hard. So I thought that's the first time I think I've ever heard that in hockey, like don't fall in love because your team, it's hard to say, oh, let's move this guy. Let's move that when you're playing like this. Now we got a lot of season left, but I thought that was really uh, interesting that he said that because they are going to have to make some decisions in a couple more months. Hopefully we're still in this this spot and they're playing this way, but uh, like you said, there's fun to watch. They, they, you can tell there's a true love for each mm-hmm. other in that room and on mm-hmm. the ice. Yeah. Um, Which is
1: probably the biggest the biggest thing, right? Yeah. I mean, the most important piece, the chemistry, right? Exactly. Because you look at teams that tr- over time have won. Obviously, great talent. They have a couple franchise players, but it's the glue, it's like the energy that yeah. keeps them all together. And, and going into this season, like on paper, they're, they're a pretty good team, right? They right. got Coots back, they got yeah. Cam Atkinson back, and you know. The, move a couple guys get a couple guys but still like you know you, we wouldn't think this type of right energy and performance but together like they are a legitimate team like, yeah, they look for like sure. a team and, and, and anything's possible when you're glued like that
3: you're right and and then you know going on that road trip you take take Coots and Drysdale out for yeah. a couple games there right. and you're still dominating no, the games and still come out winning that's a team mm-hmm. like that you know a lot of teams do that i understand that but, you know, you, you see they're not playing, you're like, oh, man. You know, like, because it's – especially Coots Like, he is oh, yeah. probably, in my opinion, the most important player on that mm-hmm. team. I really believe that. Like, just what he brings and the, and the type of player he is. I know there's a lot of guys that are bringing it, and there's a lot of glue guys there. But Coots um, is, to me, one of the biggest reasons we've seen this turnaround. Yeah. But, but it's not just him. It's everyone. Like yeah. you said, they're all pulling the same way um they get down they keep coming Mm -hmm. they get up they played the right way last night yeah (laughs) uh i think uh boosh was saying it like they just they they got the lead uh they get scored on that's tough for a goalie too you don't see any shots and then you finally get one or two and and, you know one goes one goes in but after that they played the right way yeah and and they come away with a you know five one win so it's so much fun to watch man it really really is so yeah good buzz we'll for see. the city with yep. the eagles
1: out and flyers are, are the team now Yeah,
3: they are anyway cam atkinson finally got the monkey yep. off his back there's uh had yeah, a few, about three goals that. i think yeah since he scored and um austin matthews in toronto quickly fourth hat trick
1: talk about a guy that makes it look easy <laughs> and strong and like incredible like the way he moves and it it is the size but just
0: I just want to make a quick comment a couple pods maybe two pods ago Riggs said 45 goals for Matthews he's on pace for 71
3: (laughs) you didn't say that though you said 40 (laughs) no yeah no you're right though this guy he's he's on fire but uh quickly with Toronto uh, they're saying Sheldon Keefe's on the hot seat a little bit here I think they've lost a few in a row now baller four or five in a row something like that um I was reading this morning that uh he's I guess he called some guys out the other day but like to me if you're the head coach man you have that right to do it I mean there's I understand there's ways to do it in a room it wasn't like he he did I don't feel like he buried anyone with his statements I I did see it but um I mean sometimes you want to try to you know, get them going a little bit. And I saw Danny Boyle talking about it yesterday on the network. Um, and he said, eh, he could have her, you know, he, he said basically what I just said, like sometimes there's a need for it. If you're really got to get, it. well, I feel like he really has to do something now. Because, yeah, well, um That team, you look at that team. Jam, I mean, yeah. So anyway, yeah, you got to um,
1: save those th- moments for like desperate times because yeah. you only have a few, few exactly. of them <laughs> and if you use them too early, you, you, they're not going to be yeah. useful when you do try and use them. But um, yeah, could be a little, a lot of pressure from that media. Th- th- yeah.
3: The- there's so much pressure anyway, but uh, man, anyway, uh, moving on to the Oilers, huh. West 12 straight. Are you kidding me? Nobber. Nobber. What are you doing? Nobzy. Buddy. He's got him going, we got boys. reunited
1: with McJesus. It's what do you expect? Exact,
3: I know. It's crazy. Um, 12 in a row, man. That's, yeah, that's, no that's joke. a lot, that's a no lot joke. of wins, man. Um, they're actually, I've watched a couple of their games lately. They're, they're buzzing, man. Watch, they got yeah. down the other night, two nothing. Came back, it was Toronto. he came back in one forty yeah. two. But uh, our good buddy Justin Williams, yeah, ducked in into the Carolina Hurricanes As Hall of Fame. As he My should. My God, is he into Kings Hall of Fame? Yeah, yeah I know, I mean, right? Yeah, It'll which be a one should he, should he not be in? Yeah. Uh, Mister Game Seven, congrats to you, yes. Willie. We man. get him on. We gotta get Willie. Yeah, on, we man. do. He's he's such a good guy, man, and. Um, it's a shame he never really got to stay here, but he didn't play the right way, mm. if you know what I mean. <laughs>
1: In played well eyes. enough to
3: yeah, he to, did all right to
1: move around and win some cups. Yeah, he true. sure did.
3: Um, Corey Perry,
1: yeah, he's on the map.
3: He's on the map he's again. Back. He's back. Um, some teams interested. We'll see what happens there. Yeah, um, good for him, I guess. I'd,
1: uh, I'd pick that guy. I would take that all guy all day on my long. Team, man. man, going to the is playoffs, man.
3: Prick to play against. Yeah, boys.
1: he's exactly what you want.
3: Um and then uh zigzy
1: oh Z-Z. he's Z-Z. out he's out so flyers aren't getting him six flyers are not getting him right now
3: he's <laughs> he's, he's out 68 he had told to, i know Torch told you the other day he wants that kid bad oh <laughs>
1: kidding. up and down the wing uh, yeah, driving down the, the net wings.
3: well more for warm-ups oh yeah, for the, yeah, fans. Yeah, yeah, for the good fans. For fans no bucky um, no pretty no, boy bu- does he don't wear a bucky we gotta ask tries about that no bucky does he go to a boxy? I don't know. You got,
1: got the good flow. I feel he like doesn't you should, have a, have a uh,
3: No, but seriously, it's not funny. He's out six to eight. Yeah. Um, hope he uh, gets well. And then, uh, sad note real quick, former flyer Glenn Cochran uh, lost his battle uh, with cancer. He was uh, I knew him since I was a little kid. He actually lived with my dad.
1: Oh, really? Wow, um, I didn't know that.
3: Yeah, he lived with my dad. Uh, I remember being a kid and staying you know come to see my dad and, uh, yeah what a conquer. shame i
1: didn't know he was he was, he was battling yeah
3: cancer he, there. It's, it's fun. uh quickly uh my dad spoke with him on thanksgiving and he told he told sudsy that uh, he thought he had it beat and was going to get out the, uh january one to be honest hmm. uh, after he finished everything up and then uh, obviously things took a turn there so it's sad but uh, um what a shame just wishing his family all the best. Yeah. He, he was a really good man. So we'll, yeah, prayers, we'll miss you, buddy. Prayers. Well, I think we're ready to ask. I think we are. We've got quite the individual joining us today. Yeah. What a week he's had for a birthday week.
1: Yeah, yeah. Forty-seven years old. Terry Ryan making a pro comeback in DR. his hometown of Saint John's, Newfoundland, and what a decorated character to say the least you gotta
3: be loyal to the soil yes you do
1: (laughs) yes you do i think we're ready to rock here let's go 143 before we get to our interview with terry ryan a quick message from our friends at gametime.co you shouldn't have to worry when you buy your tickets for your next big event game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all sports music comedy and theater events near you with killer last minute deals, all in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee. Game time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. I know I've struggled with buying tickets in the past, getting screwed over last second. Not anymore with gametime.co. See the view from your seats before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. All in prices show. Your total upfront so you know you're getting a great deal before you check out. Buy tickets in seconds with two taps. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the start of the event and even an hour after it starts. It's the place to find last minute seats. Find exclusive flash deals and sponsored deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. With zone deals, you can pick the selection and Game Time picks the seats for big time savings. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code NASTY for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code NASTY, N-A-S-T-Y, for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. GameTime.co Welcome back. I'm Riley Cote.
3: And I'm Derek Settlemeyer. And this week, Riggs, we couldn't be happier... Luckier or any other word you want to use to welcome our guest This young man is a first round pick overall He was eighth overall By the Montreal Canadiens This guy is a host of his own podcast Tales TR He's a big ball hockey star He's repped uh, your country, Canada Many times He's a TV star
1: Yes he is And he's
3: an absolute legend And I think he had one of his birth- best birthdays ever this week Please welcome to the show, Mr. Terry Ryan. TR, what's up,
0: brother? Not much, but well, it's been a long week, but a good one. All <laughs> of vibes. Lot, lots of messages and requests and everything. But the way I see uh, the way I see it, guys, there's so many negative stories in the news. I don't mean to be negative, but there, there are a lot out there. But that's the nature of the news mm-hmm. cycle. So I figured, you know, I'm part of a positive story. I'd like to do, you know, as many of, I'd an- like to answer as many requests as possible. So the answer, how am I doing? A little tired. But real i'm yeah, awesome. still man. recovering i bet
3: oh god what, yeah. what a week man what a week
0: what a whirlwind yeah appreciate yeah. you guys taking notice
3: yeah oh man god uh always always been a fan of uh obviously i had brian boucher and and i heard stories way back in the day yeah. when i had Bush, you know and uh we we were in, going into freddie beach there and uh he's like oh nasty you'd love this guy he's nuts man like what? <laughs> you know uh, so many so many stories but uh just probably want to start off with uh, tell us how this came about and and, and what happened.
0: Yeah, well, the, the the gist of it here is that the Growlers had a bunch of injuries and a flu bug. Okay, and as hockey fans would know, Newfoundland St. John's is a great place to play in the minors, but the downside is that you're on an island. And if you want to call someone up or over or whatever you want, you know, <laughs> it, it's not always easy, especially if the next day there's an after, afternoon game. So they the, they played around Neck Thunder on Thursday and Friday and this game or sorry, Thursday and Saturday. And this game was on Sunday in the afternoon. Now, I'd been down to the game on Saturday and I was well into it. I mean, my buddies took me out. They're like, well, my, technically my birthday's Sunday, but let's go out Saturday. It's going to be a night. It's going to be hopping. So I started drinking here before the game, watching videos. i always watch some old music and hockey videos before I go out, put me in a good mood, went down to the game with buddies. Then we went from there to Greensleeves, the, uh, the hockey bar, really, the main hockey bar here for, uh, I mean, it's an everything bar, live music and everything, but it's where the hockey guys hang out for the last 30 years. So nothing's changed. We went there. Then we went to Blue on Water, another place close by. So that's when I got the call. Twelve. It was five minutes minutes <laughs> after twelve, on my birthday, and Zach O'Brien phoned and said, "Do you want to play tomorrow?" And uh, I, I really—he's a good buddy of mine. He's one of the best players in the East Coast League, in my opinion, or in the ECHL, as I should say. And uh, anyway, then I, I really hung up after a little bit of back and forth. I thought he was kidding, and then Adam Party phoned me. A lot of hockey fans might be familiar with NHLer, longtime NHLer. He's assistant coach here now. And he said, no, T-Bone, seriously, we need you. And the big thing here, guys, not the big thing, but like, because a lot of people saw it as a publicity stunt at first. It really wasn't. I skate with these guys all the time. Five of them are real good friends that are here in the summer. Um, four, we got five, six of them, actually. Five Newfoundlanders on the team, which... Seems rare for pro hockey to have that many locals, but a lot of guys from here want to play here. We always seem to, and you know, there, there are players. Zach started the year overseas. He's got a Calder Cup. A lot of players, you know, Pards played here his last year. You know, he skipped over. You know, he's retired. He can't. So, a lot of Newfoundlanders want to play here. Might extend their career or might play here when they could have an opportunity somewhere else because they enjoy it. So, we always have locals, and those locals I've gone to battle with in ball hockey championships. You know, real, that's real battle, uh, you know, world or, or national championships. I'm saying, even though it's not as big as hockey, I'm just if, if you're in a national final or a world final, you know, you, you learn to be a teammate. You you, you bond to be uh, you bond easier than you would with someone who's uh, in the next cubicle, say. So right. um, there's that. And there's also January 10th is the senior hockey deadline. So we have a good senior league. And for those that don't, that sounds like a bunch of old men playing. It's not senior amateur AAA hockey here is just, you know, basically, I don't want to say basically semi-pro, but it's a real good level. Um, it, it's only a 24-game schedule. Guys can handle it. And in Newfoundland, we, we lost in the Allen Cup final last year. Clarenville Caribou is my old team. The Allen Cup is the national championship. So we got six teams here full of players that are all back from pro and major junior uh, college in the States and, and, and in Canada, like, really a lot of junior a guys it's real good hockey for senior hockey there's a draft if you finish last you pick first like people and and, you know we really take pride in that um the 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 history of herder hockey you look back the herder trophy it's interesting for those that want to look into it and then we go on to the allen cup and that's our goal so guys didn't want to play because if you play after january 10th you forfeit your senior um eligibility and oh, people really laugh wrong. when i say that but wow. we really take pride i played senior hockey until 2 years ago right and and every and if i couldn't commit i wouldn't play you look on elite prospects i think they you know all, every year all the games i wouldn't you know it's not a one off here if you if you don't show up to the game in senior here you know an hour and a half 2 hours before like you know you got to answer to somebody like it's not just like pick up you know fans there's paid fans a lot of them um there's imports so that's a real thing. So that's if had I been playing senior hockey or if this had been January 9th, none of no, none of the events would have taken place. Wow. So now you, wow. people now start to see. Right. OK. And I skate with them all the time. So Zach is like literally, Matt, I'm telling you, Terry's the only real viable option right now. And, you know, Newfoundland's big. People go, well, you might think of someone on the West Coast. It's, you know, six, eight hours away. So it was St. John's and area. Guys who aren't playing at all. Now, the last thing I'll say, there might be someone that played pro four years ago. But what do you want? A 30-year-old who hasn't skated in four years because yeah. they exist out there. Right. So really, the, the options were limited. That's why it happened. Wow. It's crazy. What a, sto- what a story. Oh, I, I mean, know. you got the
1: <laughs> – I mean, obviously, you got some, some legs underneath you. You've been skating with them um, and – you, you got the heart i mean you're you, you know you're you're a new and that's your your backyard and like how fitting and and, and you get a tilly yeah uh, i mean like for it was a first star i mean star. For your birthday it's like what a yeah. what a series of events there for sure
0: they um yeah there's a lot to unpack I, I know i'm in shape and and the boys knew that but it's one thing to be in shape it's another thing to like be behind the play or you know try to keep up with the play right so i didn't really know now like i said the skate i'm in in the summers um all the pro guys come back like dawson mercer and new hook and i'm by far the oldest player in it but i've just kept going i i, I for, for no other reason than i play ball hockey still at a national level i'll show you something we got this just yesterday that's the ring i won no! uh, oh yeah wow that's... that was a few yeah. months ago hold on beauty that, that that was a few months ago we won the masters world championships in buffalo in a shootout against the us so like i said like i'm 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 staying in shape yeah right so so and if if i don't skate with those guys in the summer if i was to slack or, or join a slower skate then i know i won't have the legs it's like you know you get older you know what i mean once you take a foot off the gas you know, you start to be more sore. You're, 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 you you're, can feel your aches and pains, and you just get slower. So I've just stayed at that. Now, I'm not saying I didn't get slower. I'm just saying for a 47-year-old, I don't think I could have been any more prepared from a point of of skating and, and cardio, okay? But the other thing is there's no, like, hitting in the summer and things. So then I thought about that, too. I'm like, I'm going to play yeah. a – now, is there as much hitting? No. But I was putting myself out there going, okay – What's going to happen here? Because, you know, I'm going to be yeah. exhausted if I start to grind work in the corners. Like, right. You know, so, anyway, all that was going through my mind. But when I got to the rink, the boys were good because uh, they could tell. I mean, I, I was trying not to be nervous, but guys, come on, man, wherever you've been, whatever you've done, there's no way. This was like, uh, you know, I felt the kind of same as I did before my first NHL game. All those questions are coming back. We're not talking a few years, guys. We're not talking eight years. We're not talking a day. De- <laughs> we're talking over two decades. Right. So, yeah, <laughs> again, I go to all games I watch. I've often wondered, God, this looks way faster than when I played. I wonder if I could get around out there. So no, those questions happened, uh, you know, and again, I love the Growlers. I take pride in being a Newfoundlander. And we've not only a pro team here that are affiliated with the Leaps, it really gives us a sense of relevance. People love it. Uh, Mary Brown Center is situation, situated right next to George Street. It's a nice little... Um, you know, it, it, it's, a, it's a hockey town, but it's a nice little package for any fan. If, even if you're not a hockey fan and you were to go to a game and go downtown, you, you'd enjoy the experience, right? I mean, it's part of what we got to offer here in St. John's, and we take real pride in it. So I, I'm a fan for that reason. You know, I, I would have – if they had ever asked me um, – if 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 they had asked me and I was twenty five years old in another hypothetical world, uh, I'd be just as proud. Like I would have loved to do it. So the right the age thing is just I guess icing on the cake. Yeah, right.
3: Uh, I'll tell you what you made me start thinking. Uh, talking about how you keep yourself in shape, Riley and I had uh, a nasty knuckles ball hockey tournament uh, with the National Ball Hockey League two summers ago, and we we both stay in pretty good shape. We try to. And uh, it was a one day event, and I could not move. Oh, <laughs> we man. played, we made it. Well, the last game we played with five guys, we had one sub because people oh, had to leave. And I, I've never been I, so gassed he, in my he, life. I mean, and I feel like I'm in pretty good shape, and he's definitely in really good shape. But I, I could just imagine by
1: running and yeah, man, all the running and everything, it's, it's a
3: different animal, but Can't uh. Blind.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, no, yeah, you
3: right. cannot you can't you can't hide after all no, you, no, <laughs> uh no. but I, I did want to say one more thing about the, the game. Like obviously we followed everything and um there were there were two things. I loved your speech before the game to the boys, just quickly yeah. saying, Hey, this isn't a sideshow, let's fucking get yeah. ready to play. I love that. Yeah. And the other thing is, why'd you have to make me cry post game in your, inter- your interview, man? Like, come man, on I did. Yeah.
0: I, when I saw it, they're like, You gotta be up." I didn't I I, again, it's it might sound cocky when I'm saying this, and I don't want it to put, but I I didn't see it like everybody else did because I'm uh, again, I go to I play with these guys. Like Zach is 16 years younger than me, but since he's 16 years old, we've been going to the national ball hockey champ outside of the last few now, and he's pro has come and really it was hard at first, but since maybe the last three years, no, but but I'm still playing with his buddies and everything. What I'm saying is that. In my head, yeah, and I hang with guys, again, just because my I get a bit older. You know, I'm single, so, I, you know, teammates are one thing, but I could kind of gravitate towards the single guys who are usually younger, even in senior hockey a few years ago, right? Yeah. I'm not saying I'm trying to be like, but I'm just saying a lot of them are my peers. Like, we hang out and stuff. Like, not so much the 20-year-olds, 20 but 28, 32. 30, and the yeah. boys are right there. Jordan Escott, James Melindy, the guy who I jumped up and kind of stuck up for, not that he needs that. But it was the time of the game. But like, you know, so again, I I, di- I don't think I saw. I knew it, I knew it was was nice story and, and and it would be, get a bit of attention. But I didn't think the national news and everything. but then when I, as I thought about it, I'm like, I am 47. Like yeah. I started to think about it. But so, I you know when I came off at the like when I fought, I swear, guys, I wasn't trying to put on a show. Had I fought early in the game, you know, I, I know. All my buddies text me after and they're like, well, the over under was, you know, we knew that I'm going, (laughs) look, if I did and I lose the fight now, now the team's in a bad spot and they did hire me to do a job. And I got to treat this like I'm 25. I can't because, you know, all the other. How can I tell the boys we're going to drown out the noise if I go out and make it noisier? Yeah. Right. (laughs) right, So that's what I was thinking. I was, again, just trying to be good there for the team. And I'm like, it, it really. My focus was on trying to make sure I kept up with the play. Right. And, uh, and again, Matt didn't have to start me. He didn't have to play me after that. In the third period, he gave me a regular shift and I look up and, and James Malindi got corked and I'd done my homework a little bit in case because now I figured, who knows guys, like I went up to tie Domi when I was 18. I mean, someone might do that. Didn't turn out that they did. And it turns out after the game, a bunch of them were Shoresy fans. We all hung out. But-
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah. It didn't feel like that out there. And, uh, you know, they did have a couple guys. So, and I knew Zach Walker was one of them. And when I saw that he did that and James's helmet popped off, but, you know, I could say, well, the time was right, but I, I didn't even really, it was, uh, you know, by that point now I'm going regular shift. It was just like, it was 1997. Like yeah, it was a game. True. My, my captain got hit. And I, my buddy, you know, I grew, I grew up with him. I'm way older, but I've known James for a decade. At least I followed his, his rise into pro hockey. And then we, like I said, we skate and we hang out sometimes in the summers. Right. So there was an instinct in me as a teammate. And I didn't really, I was like, what, what am I here for? Right. What am I here for? So I tracked him down and didn't jump him at, kind of poked him. And he turned around just like you would. Yeah. And I said, let's go. And he did. He didn't have to do that. Matt cook. Didn't have to put me on the ice. And I went over to Zach's dressing. room after old school. Cause this happened more than once back in the day, real bit of respect after the game but I just knocked on the door and he came out. I think he was really surprised to see me, but I said, look, you didn't have to do that. You helped me create that moment. I'm glad you got a couple in, you know, if one of, if, if I'd fucking pounded him or he pounded me, I don't think it would have had the same weight to it. it should, you know, cause there's people that follow this story that aren't hockey fans. Right. And I think it showed this is what happens. And then it's, that's, that's hockey. Now I told my daughter, Penny Lane, I hope you understand that this isn't your, in your sport. Hockey has a history. Of fighting and there's a respect to it and you look the refs let you go the players know what's happening the fans here it's different it's just a different sport you can't be doing that i mean she knows that but i said you know that's why i fought right because sometimes there's a time and a place in hockey and that's also why i shook his hand after because there's a time and a place and there's respect right right? so i said that's what i love about it some people are going to tell you fighting it should be outlawed and who knows who am I to say if, if, if more people get on that than not, I'm just hanging on to the past. But as of right now, there's still hundreds a year, right. In the, yep. in the NHL, there's still lots, there's a time and a place. And um, so I, I'm, I'm happy that that like it went down the way it did. Right. Because even though, I mean, I got, he pumped me pretty good at the end. He got me behind the head, but he. Still, I I think it was symbolic as something else, and and you know, mm-hmm. I don't I don't know. It was with the Leafs prospects, and some people question the guys. I just think the games changed. You know, I, I don't think yeah. it's necessarily Leafs or anybody else. These guys were all gamers. We were telling stories in there. There's different ways to be gamers now. You know, yeah. I think what I did was probably a little bit old school, but it's still out there. Yeah, oh yeah, like I yep. said it's it's uh, the other thing. Sorry, I'm talking a lot, but I can't move on before I say this. So. My daughter's there and everything. That's one thing. Imagine she she reti- uh, She was born seven years after I retired, and now this is thirteen years after she's born. Like right, I'm just time and space is just wild. So, but there's that. But the other thing is that you do gain a lot of experience with age, and and I don't mean like X's and O's. And coaching is great as opposed to playing because I've coached a little bit. But I mean, when I came out for warm up. I thought the biggest things going through my mind would be, okay, and and fuck with uh, new gloves and and a stick. <laughs> yeah. to, I use true sticks, and he's like, no, you got to use these warriors. And I was going, I've never used a warrior in my life. And the cook was a little bit different. I got on the ice, man, and every time I'd stick handle, like it, it twig off the, it'd flick off the top of the stick, like I didn't have oh, no. my hands. And I'm going, holy shit. So I thought that for the game. <laughs> I'm going. This is going to be the. B-. I'm guessing the height because, like, I got sticks there, but it doesn't feel the same. It was a different lie. Right. Hockey players, I'm telling you, I don't even think about the lie because I just had the same stick for so long. But I'm like, whoa, this is a five and a half, not a six, right? And I'm going, well, I can't use this. Well, you got to. <laughs> yeah. You got know, you know, so yeah, no choice. You know, I'm going right. Like, so all these odds are stacked against me because if I just if the flick, if you know if I bobble the puck, it's going to be because I'm 47. No one wants to hear it because it's a new stick. So. Right so but anyway so i thought all that but as soon as i went out warm up and i could hear people and i could look up it was like people from all walks of life that i've come across in my life but they didn't know each other personally so like i'm on film set all the time i don't bring up much about hockey if they ask me i will but for years you know i just like i said i'm crew i'm in the outside i'm a production assistant it would have to be a rare opportunity or person to say you know what was it like when your first nhl game when there were people on film said no there's like it's tense and you know shit gotta it's much if there's a parallel to hockey is that you gotta have teamwork if one cog in that wheel fails then the whole thing goes you know it's fucked so i just and then there's you know people i went to university from 09 to 2012 i had money in my contract with montreal still to a little bit left over to put myself through and i got an arts degree in there. I mean, you think I'm going to be talking about the Montreal Canadians in class? I was just like, you know, <laughs> like this man, just I got a folklore degree. The people in there most of them didn't even ever see a puck. Yeah. Right? yeah. I'm in there, English English minor. I'm taking I'm, I'm, I'm I got a minor. I got like four courses in like a Shakespeare, Irish poetry. The last thing we're talking about is hockey, which was good. I needed it then. I learned because of those, that experience, I wrote tales of a first round, nothing. Other people right. wanted to be a ghostwriter and focus on the, you know, the turmoil I had with Montreal, which was really only with Terrian. I love my time in Montreal. You know, I, I could have done things differently, but I didn't want that story out there. I'm like, you guys want to write this thing. Like I, you know, well, we're going to write it in your favor. I go, don't give a shit though. I don't want to spin it the other way either. I got nothing mm-hmm. against the Montreal Canadians. Right. I had a problem with one person. I should have handled it better. So then anyway, ECW called and I said, look, Mike, uh, Michael Holmes. I said, I can write this myself now. I just got to, when I say folklore, I focused on the storytelling part. Right. Right. And and that's a big part of Newfoundland tradition. We, you know, no electricity We're the oldest, I don't want to say there was people here, but as far as Europeans coming over in the 1600s, we were first and, uh, you know, the first settled communities all, all year round and everything, and you know, with no electricity, and they're all small little communities. So you learn to tell stories and sing songs. Uh, my relatives would all tell you that they're not performers, yet, every weekend, you know the spoons come out. They'll be, spinning, they'll be telling <laughs> stories. Board, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, that's that's yeah, that's Newfoundland, right? Don't people don't let him bring. In.
3: See, you're you're just keying him up for this little. Yeah, drum right, like. bring on your little drum.
0: Yes. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I mean. It's you, you know you visited all kinds of cultures now, especially Riley. Yeah, and you know it's that at that point there's no phones, no like so people all over the world would have their own. That I you know again having the folklore interest, you know a lot of a lot of cultures would have, you know, it's the same thing that they're doing. They're just doing it from another angle. And, you know, it's just togetherness in a community and the community needs that. It's part of human evolution. Right. So in in um, in, in Newfoundland, we, we've got that, uh, you know, a, a lot of people share that trait and they would probably say that they're not talented, but they're into that, right? So anyway, that was where my interest laid in school. And I, at the time I needed a bit of a break from, hockey. I was never too far. I was playing senior hockey, but I wasn't doing a podcast. I wasn't answering questions on it. I put my daughter in soccer. I don't know. Maybe I just said, I don't know if she needs that pressure to be Terry Ryan's daughter. Uh, And anyway, and on and on. But so all these, you know, point that there was people I went to kindergarten with people I played soccer with and baseball with. I mean, I always play, I'm not great, but I played amateur both right up until my thirties. So I, all of a sudden, I, I hate to use this analogy because I don't think I'm like this big fish, but the movie Big Fish at the very end, this guy the whole time is telling all these stories. And you're like, yeah, come on, right? And his son's going, yeah, I, I'm sure that really happened. But then at the end, all these people come together that that he was telling stories about, and they've never really met, but now they're there. That's what it was like. It was looking up right. going, wow. And then I had everybody knew my dad, right, from Chicklets and everything else. Yeah. And Terry, <laughs> here, he's Terry Ryan, and I'm Terry Ryan Jr., So, you know, he's well before me, same sort of thing. So now he's up there talking to like directors and and producers and teammates and soccer like teammates. My my high school teachers, like teacher, just that, that, that's why now I'm skating around going, wow, like we're all going to experience this together. Like, you know, there was, there was a hundred people at the game, at least that never saw a hockey game before. They just heard that's I was all, playing. That's awesome! Wow, right? that's really yeah. cool. So yeah. it was it was a lot of emotions. It, I'm telling you this, the last thing I'll say about the game. In the second period, I was up, but there was penalties, special teams, so I didn't go out. And then there was I don't I don't know if you could hear it on TV. People have texted it to me, but the whole building started to go. We want Terry, everyone, <laughs> yeah. and I. I felt uncomfortable because I'm like Matt Cook's behind me. (laughs) I'm putting him in a bad position, and I don't want to. The very thing I didn't want to do is taking on its own life form, and people are going crazy. And when he put me over the boards, finally the place went bonkers before the puck was dropped. And I'm thinking I'm starting to like if if I had just gotten lost in the moment, I would have started crying. Yeah, yeah. You know, like seven minutes later, I fought Zach Watt. So it was a lot to like. It was a lot to absorb and have to contain within, you know, it it was okay. All this is happening. I mean, it was overwhelming. I can't explain any more overwhelming feeling. My first NHL game. Great. I don't want to disrespect it. I love the Habs. I still do. I love to be an NHLer, but all those, my friends weren't there to express. I hadn't lived long enough to have that many friends. Uh, You know, it was, it was in Montreal. It was great as far as that fandom goes, but you know, my parents weren't there. There was none of that. So it was actually against Philly, the Legion, Legion of Doom. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was, man. I was like, it was a lot about the game because I love Eric Lindros as a player, man. Like he was right there. Like he was, I mean, who wouldn't have played any kind of physical hockey? Right. So, um, you know, that was great for a lot of reasons and that being the biggest. But, you know, nothing came close to this. This was mind blowing. And when I came off after the boys were like, keep going out. I didn't want to do it. I still don't realize that all these cameras are there for that like I know it's a story guys I knew it would be on the front page of the evening telegram here but you know I I'm coming off and they're sending me out and now looking at the videos I'm like it's a good thing that I listened to them I didn't want to do it and I didn't hear that what it was was hardest working player of the game that's what I got and I awesome. think it, I think maybe third star wasn't they were doing me a favor there but um you know I did I guess try hard and And I dropped my gloves. So, But I'm glad because that's what I told my daughter before the game. I said, all I can do is try my hardest. You know, I sit here and try to dissect this. I could, you know, I I could. what if I go out and and, and suck? What if I lose a fight? What if I have a breakaway and I miss? Like, I can do that all day. But I can tell you this. What if I go out and work my hardest? I tell you, if I do that, I'll get respect. And really, that's what's going to happen. So that that was long-winded, but that was the gist of my experience. So
3: yeah
1: amazing amazing story it,
3: it was yeah i just just amazing i mean everyone i i work with a junior team tr and uh in the north american hockey league philadelphia rebels <clears throat> I'm, i helped them out and uh everyone was just that do you know him do you know him? i was like i don't i don't really know him i've met him i actually had shots yeah. with you uh in freddie beach uh yeah. after one of the games we we were all out and you were there and uh that was it, at
0: Sweetwater's. I remember it, Boosh coming over to my place, asked Boosh about that night. Yeah, we had a yeah. good time. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, watch how Boosh gets paranoid. When we started talking about yeah. the old days. no, but uh, you know, all the kids were asking me. It was, it's really cool. But uh I the reason I it was just it was a touching story, obviously, for everything you just said, but uh, watching the post game and you started, you know, talking about Billy Lane there, I just was like Dude, why you got to make me cry, yeah, man? Like, but I mean, I, I have kids of my own, so I, I get it. I get it. It was awesome. Well,
0: ima- imagine feeling like that. We, if that made you, I'm glad that it hit home. And I, yeah. I didn't see that either, guys. Like, I'm coming out at the end, and it's like, they're like, go, I'm getting ready to get in the shower. They're like, media yeah. availability. It says right on the wall. I'm like, what? Are you guys kidding? <laughs> I went out. I'm like, you know, I didn't really think that was going to happen. So I'm glad uh-huh. it, it struck home with people. But again, that's yeah. what I mean. You, you, if you were affected looking at it, yeah, picture having that feeling times a hundred, and yep. going onto the ice, and the whole place going. And I'm thinking about my daughter, but now I'm going, and you know, and I'm going, geez, if the puck drops and I suck, oh my <laughs> god, this is going to embarrass everybody in here, man. And oh, you know, man. so anyway, it worked out
1: it's classic I, I i just i just love how you get called up after midnight the day before the game Day
0: before the game, <laughs>
1: you know how right. fitting you know Having it just seems tops. like it needs to be that way you know too much prep would have been like <laughs>
0: yeah it just true. wouldn't have
1: point. wouldn't have been the same yeah. storyline I, I guess yeah so no cool. it
0: wouldn't have too much prep wouldn't have and <laughs> it's funny because i got like back in the day i don't know if people want to hear it but And I don't know if it's good or bad, but everybody was doing it. So it's all relative. But if we pulled in somewhere, at minors or NHL, like you'd almost have to answer for if we had a steak dinner, which we, or whatever dinner, usually, you know, you get off the bus, you put your stuff in there and you meet the boys, at least for the meal. And then you can go back if you want. Some guys stay. Sometimes you have six or seven pints. You play the next day. And, um, you know, that would happen. I'm not saying that if you're out clubbing it till four in the morning, that's a little bit different. But there was often meals, I don't know, mort's, wherever you're going to go. And, you know, you have some red wine, maybe a couple of beers. And that was kind of, so I can safely say that I did that. But I, had I known about it, it would have been ridiculous. So finding out at that point and getting to do it because it was forced, you know, is like, yeah, I still got to do what we used to do. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Two o'clock that day, it would have been disrespectful because that's not the game way the game is played anymore. <laughs> yeah. but clearly it can happen because it I, did happen. And you know, back then it happened a lot more. And right.
3: uh, I, I tell you, you just reminded me of something TR. uh, we were in, we were playing, uh, the Maple Leafs in St. John and, uh, Frankie, uh, by who we were talking about a little bit before we got started here, the animal, I'll never forget. Boys are out. And, Billy Barber was pretty good. He, he was old school, like for the fly. You hear all those stories. So Billy was pretty good about letting the boys go. And John Stevens was our captain and <clears throat> at the time. And and I'll never forget, like, he's like, just don't be really stupid. boys. He's like, <laughs> just, go have fun as a team yeah. and everything. Well, everyone starts heading back. And Frankie, he's pissed off about say I'm staying out. So he's at a local gentleman's club there in, in, yeah. in uh, Newfoundland. And I get back to the hotel. Billy calls my room and says, "You go get that fucking guy. I tell him to call." I said, "You want me to go get Frankie <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> out, yeah. out of okay. the Rippers?" He says, "Go." He called me Delio. He's like, "Delio, go get him." So I go. five go to the place and I walk in and I see Francois and I'm like, "Hey, like, come on, let's go back." Like Billy's, you know, he's kind of losing it a little bit. He goes. Sit the fuck down. We're not going anywhere.
1: <laughs> I end up staying. staying up. I'm sure yeah. I knew it was going <laughs> that really
3: way. Yep. Billy says next <laughs> morning, did you get him? We're at breakfast. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Jumped in the cab, got right back. Oh, Gulliver's, yes. Gulliver's cab or whatever.
0: It's Gulliver's um, cabs. yeah. yeah.
3: Um, um, but uh, yeah, I was just going to also say uh, uh, in uh, 98, 99, we had this uh, Russian kid, Mikhail Chernov. And, I remember uh, him. I thought yes. him. And, I thought yeah. him in Freddie. Yeah, you fought him. Yeah. And um, he handled himself pretty good. Like, like this, yeah. he was just learning the language, and we knew who you were. Um, so when when you guys started fighting, our guys are like, Oh no, like this might oh, not go well. So, yeah. oh yeah, this was a story. J- we have a group text still, because we just had our 25th anniversary from yeah. the cup winning team. And I so we have that. this whole uh this whole group text, and it's it's great. Stay in touch with everyone. And Jimmy Montgomery, the coach of the Bruins, actually brought it up. He's like Oh, my God, because someone put a clip of you and what yeah. has just happened this week. And he goes, remember, Mikey Chernoff fought him and we were all like, oh, no, don't. But he, he did OK. He didn't he get did. killed. He That's the main
0: thing. He did good. my eye, man. He got yeah. a good one. When he started He cross checked me in front of the net and I was pissed off. And I assumed I just assumed someone's going to do that, knows what's coming. You're and, right. Uh, no, <laughs> I've got that somewhere, guys. I got these all these VHS tapes. I had to breathe the other day. And my dad was like. You gotta put them out there now, like because yeah. it's, it's part of the story and it, like what you're saying now. I used to think, you know, what do I need to put all these out there? But now I, that I see, you know, it's it's just links to the past and it's stories and People so I love know it, I have man. that somewhere. The same game. Yeah. What's funny is that the same game I fought Francis Belanger twice, and is. and so I got called up. If you see when in the NHL the next night I fought. Matthew Barnaby and Bob Bugner. So when I'm when I'm interviewed on Hockey Night in Canada, it's, it's on YouTube. So you can see welts under my eyes. Oh my! And God. I can't remember if that was as much from that game as it was the night before against Philly. And so I you had that five
3: happened. fights in two games. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I four, swear to you, in yeah, Forty-eight I swear hours. To you, oh, I, I believe swear it. To you. Yeah. Well, the so the funny thing was, he, you know, for us, we're like, "Damn, Mikey." We called him Mikey. His name is Mikel but like Mikey, what, what were you thinking there? And he's like, "Oh." just i just fight we're like but you you haven't fought all year he goes uh brother's pro boxer so i train all the time we're like holy shit <laughs> man, maybe you should fight a little more yeah, yeah, get right. called up quicker right like back then you know it, oh, it obviously 100%. helped
0: so i'll you know? tell you something here too about frankie so frankie played here in saint john's right yep. so i'd seen him play um Like in their inaugural year, 91, 92, that was, I was 14 and I left, I would come home. I was so homesick whenever. So 91 to 93, I watched Frankie play a lot and I was living in like BC playing junior, but every chance I would come back and we couldn't believe we had the China Maple Leafs firm team. So you're talking at 98, 99. So one, it was towards the beginning of the year. Okay. And I, I, I'd just been sent down and I joined the boys and I know okay, I'm not going to name any names but some guys, because it's not a big deal, but maybe they don't want to be named. But there was some guys on your team and my team. I mean, we played each other hard, but there was a respect, right? So we all went out to the strip club the night before. Right. So I'm sitting there, one of the boys on your team, the Phantoms, sent over a girl. She's stripping for me. She's um, you know t- doing all of the above just use your imagination and I'm yep. sitting down and she, uh, I, and she goes what do you do and I said well I'm a hockey player and she goes yeah well my boyfriend's a hockey player too and I said <laughs> "Yeah," I said, I'm said, i a pro hockey player I'm a pro hockey player and she goes yes yeah, so is he so I start to go well who's that now <laughs> said, drank the animal by a Lois said, get the fuck off my lap right now <laughs> <laughs> Check, please. Check, please. Yeah, right. It was nearly time to go anyway. Now listen to this. I go to the rink the next day going, what the fuck have I done? <laughs> there. We go to warm-up. Frankie doesn't cut his stick. He doesn't put tape on either side. That's and he right. just leans on it and he stares at our warm-up. Now I'm convinced <laughs> that he's shit. there. It's it's people are going. What the fuck is that out on the red line? And we're doing like the horseshoe, and guys are going, "Oh my god, <laughs> oh my god!" And I'm going, I'm thinking, he's gonna get me. That's what's going on. He's gonna get me. And we got Sylvain Bluen. and Sylvain yeah. Bluen is like, you know, it's probably more his job. I yeah. know I fight, but you know, it's probably his role to do that. <laughs> I'm over to the. I can't remember. And I, he wasn't pulling the shoot. He he did have like Sly fought a lot, so he had a, like his hand was mush. And we're on the bench, and I, I kind of could see that. And I said, well, he's, he's here to get me for sure anyway, man. He's here to get me. So I, I think i got to take care of this myself. So I went out there. This is on YouTube somewhere. I go right at him. I, people, I, You have a death wish. I'm like, no, but I don't want to wait till the end of the game. Like, I'm on the power right. play. I, just got, yeah, I don't want to play the whole game like hearing footsteps. You know, I, I just don't. And I, I, it's more – I don't care about taking a punch in the face. It's more about knowing the anticipation that it might come. And the way he was looking at me, the way and the way in my head I had it broken down, I'm like, I got to get this over with. So I went right at him and I threw my body into him and I fought him right in front of your bench and he's hitting me. But like I kind of could – I had the boards and I stood on my feet and I got like a couple in and then I went like this. And now he's hammering me. He's hitting me harder than I'm hitting him. But it's like an okay fight. It's like maybe 65-35. And I'm going, fuck, man, that's over with. I go over in the box – and I go to talk to him to apologize for last night. And I tell him, and he goes, he just goes, yeah, well, you know what? All good. He goes, oh, that's made up. It's a friend of mine. No big deal at all. And I go, no way. He goes, oh, oh, me. and he goes, I don't get many guys that want, want to be takers at home, let, let alone guys that run me. And I go, <laughs> okay, perfect. I go, I watched you in St. John's, like, you know, in 91, to 93, whatever. it is. And he goes, yeah, I know. And he goes, tell the boys, and he knew some of my friends, Greg Bird Dog Smith, who's now passed away, but Mm. what a fucking guy. And And he's like, say hi to the boys. And then, um, you know, just a couple of years ago, I was with Stu Malgunis, another ex-NHL Oh, I
3: know. I had Stewie too, yeah.
0: Yeah, I remember Stewie. And Stewie you know, Frankie tells that story, and, and, you know, he's proud of you and everything. I'm going, no way. This is right at the beginning of the pandemic, so it's not that long ago. And he came over and got Frankie on the phone, and it was as if we were high school buddies. It was great. That's awesome. Wow! Yeah,
3: Frankie's the biggest yeah. teddy bear I ever yeah, fucking meet, man.
0: What a guy! Yeah, yeah <laughs> that's he, he did some
3: damage there for. Well, he did at St. John's too, but oh, when yeah. he got to Philly, he was he, when when in America. You have an NHL franchise, obviously, and you got the like you said, Legion of Doom. Frankie had a damn billboard in Philadelphia. He was yeah. on a billboard. I mean there we, we played a game one night TR and um, Frankie was out. I think he was suspended. <laughs> Imagine that. And uh, <laughs> they had a, uh, he was going to sign in between the second and third. So we come out for the third period. The, the, almost the whole building is almost empty. And and we averaged like 12 grand a game in in Philly and spectrum. Yeah. And, uh, there was a line that went all the way around the spectrum just for him to sign one of the, the, yeah. the books. It was it was hilarious.
0: But he was uh, a folk hero. He he, he was and he's yeah, still here, still, he
3: still people ask, and he's been on the show a couple times, and we still get people say, Get that animal back on there again. Cause he just says he don't give a fuck. <laughs> he just says whatever he wants. But it, it's it's funny you brought up uh, bird dog there. Uh, um, Greg Smith, because he's I had him um well, my dad was a trainer with the flyers, so I knew bird dog from when I was a kid. Yeah. And, uh, Craig Baruby and him are really good friends as well. And, uh, so I knew he was an assistant coach there with you, uh, in, uh, St. John. but, uh, okay. you get a great guy, man. He was a, he was a funny, funny guy, man. He's one of those guys kind of like prongs act like he's in a bad mood, you know, but yeah. he really wasn't. Yeah. I really liked bird dog. He was bird.
0: awesome. Bird is from Mississauga came to Newfoundland, finished his career and, uh, eloped with a girl from here and, and just loved it. He was the kind of guy that just wanted to be in his rubber boots uh, go, go down to the beach, maybe start a campfire, um, you know, really laid back. He'd rather have beers in a shed than downtown. And when we did go downtown, it was always to like uh, green sleeves or ale and lager with his buddies. Like he was never out, you know, clubs. He was like loyal to his girl. Just yep. what a, what a man. I'll tell you two, two, two bird dog things. First of all, first of all, the reason he respected me, I'm playing my first game with the actual, like, Canadians exhibition and everything, but it's these rookie stuff, right? So we were up in Northern Ontario, New Liskard and Timmins, and we were playing these like tour of like rookie games, and each team could dress like some veterans. So we dressed like Jerry Fleming, a big guy, like oh yeah, I remember big him. guy, you know, big tough guy, six seven, like two fifty, and uh, still coaching, I think. And Bird, they had Bird, and like so each they, they had like three St. John's Maple Leafs from the year before, and we had the same, except everybody else was rookies. So I. Went down the side. I'm not going to say I burned Bird, but I mean, Bird's 31 or whatever, and I'm first round pick, just come in. So, like, I made a move one way and I went around him enough to get a shot. It was a backhand, so I mean, I didn't walk walk him or anything, but I got a shot on net. And then Jerry says to me on the bench, Don't do that again. <laughs> I'd never heard, and I play against like Wade belak and these guys the yeah. year before. I'm like, What are you talking about? Don't do that again. I go, the fuck did they draft me for? I'm going to jump it in the corner. Like, what are you talking about? Stupid. <laughs> I was like, and then anyway, I did it again. And Bird took his stick and whacked me. It's lucky it hit me where it did because it broke open, but it didn't hurt me. It was right on the like the the skate. The it hit enough of the bottom part of the skate. And I went what? And anyway, then I went to the bench and I'm like, oh yeah. He goes, he's going to fucking kill you. I'm going what? I made a move on him. He goes, yeah. I said that's the way it works. He goes, it is with him. I went out. I took my stick and I put it right in his face. I I didn't hit him. But I go, Bird, obviously, like, we're probably going to play a lot against each other. And I don't give a fuck what you do. If you fucking hurt me, I'm going to fucking hurt you. Now, the next two years, I'm in Freddy. He's here. He played me harder than anybody, but he didn't dirty me. He didn't fucking dirty me. He dirtied lots of guys. He hit me hard. And, well, in front of the net, of course, take me out. I guess now that would be dirty. But... No, I mean I'm going into his. You know, he didn't fucking take a suspension like play on me, and he gave a couple times he saw me, and he like instead of fucking pounding me, (laughs) he just hit me into the boards, and then after all that ended, I realized he retired, and we became good friends. And he said, "Yeah, like I really respected you out there," but he never had a beer with me. I was in once during all that time. I knew he respected me. My second year in Freddie, and they're in our division. We must have played them. I don't know. 25 times we played him <laughs> one and, and in the playoffs both years. So he's sitting there. And finally I figured he was cool with it. Right. Cause I know what he's doing out there and he's giving me a little room. And I said, Hey, do you guys Sean Thornton's there now? The next year I yeah. ended up playing on St. John's. So, and I knew Thorny and deep me and Thorny would fight like, I don't know, six, seven times. And we were buddies, you know, the way it worked back then. Yeah. So, and DJ Smith, Ryan pepper, all these are my buddies and everything. So they're there and bird was there. And I bought the boys some wings and a round or whatever and bird told the girl and he said it loudly he goes tell him, tell him to take that fucking bear back and i turned around he said take that fucking bear back i go bird don't, he goes like that and the boys are like go on so he's still like film will fucking talk to me just respect to me now the end of that second year <laughs> you got to hear this so i'm 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 on the ice we're playing them in the playoffs i come off like everybody comes off and it's only like the rookies are out there like called up from junior Mike Schweinard, or Eric Schwenard, Mike Ribeiro, Jason Ward. So they're out there skating and 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 a couple of the, like Dave Morissette, a real, real tough guy. Moose. Yeah, the moose, man, the moose. Yeah. So moose comes in and he's got like one skate on because he's in the therapist office with Jacques Perron and he goes bird dog. He's going crazy. He's going crazy. <laughs> so I go, out. I go out. This is the playoffs. OK, in the American Hockey League it's the fucking Habs versus the Leafs and we got Roly Melanson out there working with the goalies and we got rookies getting skated okay but it was they were supposed to go out there at 10:15 so they were told we were told that at 10:15 the Zamboni comes on and they go out at 10:30 so bird was having none of it he so i went, by the time i got out there he'd already started he took the pucks that they were going to go on with, dumped them over, and he jumped on our ice and t- started taking slap shots at guys. And I come up, I mean, <laughs> I, I get a 13-year suspension for this. Yeah, like, yeah right. He comes and he starts slapping pucks. So I go down like that and I look up and it's like the home on the bench, the home sign. It's going, boom, and there's pucks going off it. I'm, like it's a pitching machine or something. I'm going, <laughs> I'm, I go, and go up, man, one by my ear. I'm going this, I crawled back into the room, crawled in. And I go, I'm not going out there like whatever you guys want to do in anyway you can hear. And the fucking Tyrion goes out and tells him he got a death wish and everything. But that's what would happen now. Bird was fucking crazy. So, but best guy off the ice. Okay. Yeah. So this is I got to finish with this. Okay. Just on the topic of bird dog, whatever you guys need here. But Bird a few years ago, four years ago, now passed away. Okay. Yeah. And he got prostate cancer and. He became a shell of himself, not mentally, but Bird, the last I saw him, Bird was, I don't know, man, like 150, 160 pounds. But he would always come out with the boys and he would come down to the Ellen Lager Greensleeves. It was his favorite spot. So we would go out with him and Bird's there, man, he's skinny and he's got the beer and he's got the Bud Light and it's shaking. And he puts it down and I, I'm not going to bring it up, right? No one's going to bring it up. I'm like, Bird knows what's going on. He would have lived longer in a hospital. He didn't want to do it. So he had a hospital bed in his living room, and we would go over and say hi, and he had the IV coming down, and he would fucking take it off and go downtown for a beer. So he's sitting there. We know he's gone soon, right? Right. Tough situation anyway, and he doesn't want to hear anything, if if anything even close. He goes, carry on, guys. Like girls would come over. Maybe I'm hitting on him or something. Carry on. Carry on. It's all good. It's life here, and we would have the beer, right? Yeah. Anyway, the last I saw him, he was in that bed. And it was maybe a day or two later. And now in in New in Newfoundland, what we often do is have like an Irish wedding. Or sorry, funeral. So there's a funeral and stuff. I I don't believe Bird had one, I think he was cremated. Um like right away, I think. But, but I mean he had a funeral. But anyway, it's so it's a celebration often, right? Um so whatever it was. We were, we were down to Kelly's, another one. He only went to three bars on George Street. Kelly's was one. I have four, Trinity Pub. Kelly's Kelly's was one of them. All the pubs, right? So, for whatever reason, we had a gathering there for him. So, I get down there. I remember his ashes being there. We had a big picture bird dog. We still got his stall in the rink, right? Oh, we that's awesome. We, we we skate every... You know, the, it's just a skate that him and his buddies after. And we still got the Smith stall. No one sits there. That's awesome. Twenty eight. So... Okay bird we get down there and i'm sitting with a few of the boys and i go i'm going to buy the first round and i go over to buy it and the bartender says it's not bird no shit what wow. yeah. he knew in dying that we'd love a round on him and i forget how much money i would be lying but wait if it was a hundred bucks or a th- i don't remember but what it, it, it i had no idea that was coming and here wow. we are down there to celebrate his life and he before he died had the foresight to buy a round for the boys wow incredible that's what that's kind that, of guy he is. Yeah, yeah
1: that's exactly Jeez. right that's that's,
3: that's amazing man yeah. we him and uh craig Baruby are good buddies and played together a couple times and fuck chief chief's been on with us a couple times that he's he's Told stories. I don't know if you did you ever hear about <clears throat> Bird Dog going across the bridge oh, yeah. and, with and the fl- flyers? Well, he the boys said, Hey, pick us up. You're driving us to the game, yeah. right? So he's going over. And back then, you go across the Women Bridge and you flip the quarter into the basket. There's still someone sitting in the toll booth. Yeah. So one of the guys says, Oh, bird, just just say flyers into the basket. <laughs> fuck the, yeah. the gate'll go up. He says, <laughs> yeah. What? You know, bird duck, like, fuck off. Yeah. oh no, no, just it, you play for the flyers. So he gets here, and he's like, Flyers, you know, ladies <laughs> inside the thing looking at him, and thing doesn't open. He goes, Flyers. Says it loud it says louder, right? Lady opens the door, says, What? He goes, Play for the fucking flyers, open the yeah. gate. She goes, Put the fucking corner the boys are That story still like they oh, they man. still try to get guys with it. it's great. But I
0: believe, I believe there's another like if it wasn't the next time, there was some time that he had the same guys in the car. You'll have to ask Craig this, that he was going in a convertible and he just threw it down in like January and made them all fucking.
1: <laughs> I believe that. Oh man, that's classic. It was I
0: don't know if it was the next day, but it happened. He would yeah. tell us that. Yeah, there's there's legendary. Yeah. Like the, the last thing I'll say, my favorite play on the ice was he had this, he used to have this VCR tape and he'd call it his resume and he would give it to everybody. I mean, all of us have a copy somewhere. That's why I got to get to these VHS tapes. People have to see this. So he's, play, he's playing Halifax of uh, the Quebec Citadels or the Sporting. to so Quebec Nordique's farm team, the Halifax Citadels. And he gets a penalty. It's whatever for whatever. Fucking probably chopping someone over the head. And <laughs> the Puck gets free when he gets out of the box and he's got a breakaway. So he goes on the breakaway and he flips it up this high and I forget the goalie, but it, like Chevalier or someone like that and he goes to catch it and Bird runs him through the net and the fucking, <laughs> the net comes up and bounces into the boards. The guy goes down and there's a brawl. Oh, <laughs> he, the <laughs> breakaway. He give a fuck the goal.
3: Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! That's awesome, man. That That's so, so great. Uh, I talked to Brian Boucher this morning. Like as I said, he told us to say hello to you. Um, yeah. But he he, I said, I've I've seen you on uh, you know, with with the boys from Spin Chicklets uh, Witter and uh, Biz and them. But uh, he's he said he wanted to ask you about the Jerry Lewis Telethon back in Juniors or something. I don't know if that was a thing or <laughs> if you remember. Yeah. <laughs> Is said something you can say? If it's not, it's fine. I do
0: remember Boosh. Yeah, I had forgotten this. I had him on my podcast. And uh, it was, we, we were doing the Jerry Lewis telethon. I remember, like, we were raising money. And, of course, it was monotonous and boring. But I'm not trying to say I didn't want to be there. I was just, like, spice it up. So I, I do remember, like, answering the phone as different characters. And <laughs> so that the one thing would lead to the other. Like, and I would be, I, it would always be, like, Terry the Tyrannosaurus Ryan or Terry the Tyrant or Terry the Turnbuckle. But then like I ran out of T words and it would be like anything. So it would be like Terry uh, jumping, jiving Ryan, Terry. And so so when I answered the phone or when I would sign autographs, right? So I would always, I, I didn't never want to do the same autograph twice. Um, so I would just, so someone came up among, in, in those two years of doing that, Someone coined me the flying rabbi. So Terry, <laughs> I I had signed now ask me why those words were in my head. I don't know. Terry, the flying rabbi, Ryan. Okay. So I, I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool because like a little girl put it on her shirt and came to a game and I'm like, oh, she must think that I'm like the flying rabbi. I, mu- I don't remember writing that, but I must have. So anyway, I did it and it became so popular there for a second that I had a car, my billets, Tri-City was fucking great. My billets bought me a Dodge Lancer. It was a beater, but it was like 1,000 or 2,000. In, in 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 Tri-City, everybody had a booster buddy and mm. your booster buddy would, would buy you things during the year. I mean, I had suits, a fucking car, man. Like, oh yeah, guys and guys before me, like, oh God, Oli Kolzig or uh, Bill Lindsay or Stu Burns or any of those guys would tell you crazier stories. It got out of hand. And so... For us there was like a, a limit but didn't matter they make you scrapbooks i got scrapbooks at home like so many of them with everything documented i still got suits that i i keep for this reason i'm telling this story and i got them down like that as artifacts in the basement like it was wild so and i was like whatever and like you know so i had the dodge lancer i loved it but it was a bit of a beater and what we ended up doing we were just sitting there one day with nothing to do and it was the same day. I don't know if Bush told you, but I put on a crash test dummy mask, I <laughs> and I used to drive. And the boys would have a camera. I mean, it was before he, it was before any of this social media. But I got to say, yeah. we were ahead of the curve there. So the boys would either wait on the corner or like be in the back seat, and I'd drive and slam on the brakes. And I'd have latex gloves on, just regular like under my stuff. And then so when they look over, and I would bounce my head off the wheel and go <laughs> look over like this, and people would be like, "What the?" F-? And then we drive. We have a camera. <laughs> <laughs> And so it was one of those days I was like, let's go all out with this. So there was we were in Craigstall's um Craigstall's Billet's garage and they had black, pink, and gold, not yellow, gold spray paint. So I was like, fuck it, let's go for it. So we picture like Herbie the Love Bug, okay? Yeah, yeah. So mm. we put we put but the stripes were pink, gold, and black. So we did that. And then we put, like, number 14 where the 53 would be, the Herbie. I'm a, I'm a yeah. Herbie fan. So we put it there. And then on the back, on, on the, like, the, the or the, you know, the trunk. Yeah. It, uh, the latch. The trunk. The trunk. Like, right on the back. In huge letters, we put the flying rabbi. And <laughs> I drove that. And, and on the rims, we painted pink. And the gold, the, the tires around the rims, we painted gold. This lasted. I couldn't believe that it lasted oh, on a car. Uh, and so, anyway... I drove that thing for the rest of the fucking year. And like once in wow. a while we would break out the dummy mask. And it was so much fun. I but I, I, awesome. I saw him telling this story somewhere. And I know it started with the telethon, but there's something else within the telethon that I forget. He'll have to tell you. Yeah. It's not X-rated. I just can't remember the other part of that story.
3: Oh, that's awesome, man. Wow. Yeah, I, I remember hearing real. about the car as well and the cra- I was telling Raleigh the about the, the crash test dummy uh, hat there. That's awesome. That's
0: um, so cool. The the last thing I'll say about the car, I know I'm talking a lot. One day there was a, anybody there. I had to tell this story. You know who called me this morning? Um, he'd had a few beers last night with his buddy in Sherwood Park, a guy named Jason Podolan. Jason Podolan was a great minor leaguer, played a little bit in the NHL, 50, 50 one year in the A and 40 odd two years in a row in the West. And he called me, and he was with Mike Dubinsky, and Mike Dubinsky was a big pick, played for Brandon, second rounder, I think. Just got injured right after I played with him. He got traded over to Tri City, got hurt, and played again. But the boys got prospects now, and they, you know, that their, their kids are prospects, and they're going to tournaments together. They're in Lake Banham, so they were well into one last night and phoned. And I'd done all these all day long, every day. I've been answering messages, and I've been, you know, like I said, it's a positive story. I'm part of it, so I feel somewhat of a duty to answer the requests uh at least most of them if i can so phone goes off only person i answered for all week i'm like okay it's posed. so a phone this anyway pick up the phone the boys we get talking we only had like 10 minutes i only had about 10 minutes like we spoke and double was like do you remember that do you remember that gas leak that happened with that stupid fucking car and i go you know what i do so this is part <laughs> of it i can't remember if i put it in, in my first book i should have if i didn't but when we it's a gas leak, so you know, the fire alarm goes off. We all get we all get our skates on. Now the Zamboni door opens, and like we had to go out into the parking lot. Now the Tri City is in the desert, but the odd day it's cold. There's not much precipitation, but there was enough that there was we we could almost skate out there without ruining our skates. Yeah, right. So and there was grass all around it, so guys just went over on the grass, skated over, and went on the grass. But on the way out, I grabbed my car keys. Oh God! And Bob Loughs was our coach. He used to be a, a, a professional wrestler named Little Brutus. The guy's like tough guy, man, and and a tough coach. But he had a sense of humor. And I'm like, Loughs, he's not going to care. So I go out, and now they're on the other side on this bank, and there's Amboni entrance and everything. And I'm on the other side, and it's me, Dubber, Damon Langkow, you know, there, yeah, 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 um, and Mark Hurley, I believe, and maybe Mike Hurley. We were we were we were squat into this car. So I go out, and I'm like. I said do you guys want hot chocolate and like they're going no and they're going no and so Laoxi's going no don't leave but now i know i said i just got ask them a question because yeah. we're taking the car we're going to mcdonald's i'm doing this so yeah. i said i'm just going to ask a question we're far enough away that when they say no i'm going to say i thought you meant to hot chocolate so we get in the car <laughs> listen, we drive to mcdonald's in the car i got my skates on okay and now the gas leak is long over apparently so I, I pull around the corner like 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 I'm doing donuts and shit. But there's a there's a snow bank which is rare in dry cities, man. But there's a snow bank and I go into it and I don't see that the curb is right under the bank. And so the curb boom I hit it and now the, the wheel is at an angle like this and it's going like that. <laughs> so I go in I, I just go, fuck it. Let's just go in and order chocolates. So we get breakfast. We all eat breakfast and we get these I get 30 hot chocolates to go back like to butter up Lauxi. So I get out in the car and I realize the rink is right there, but I can only turn left. <laughs> so I go left and I go all the way around try cities and come back. So it takes like 28, 30 minutes. So now like the boys they're practicing and I get back And I've got these hot chocolates that are freezing. They're freezing at this point. The heat was broken in the car. So they're freezing. So I get in and they're at practice. And Laukzi is fucking livid. And he comes over, what the fuck are you thinking? I said, Bob, I asked you if you want to, I said, I got him for the, I asked you if you wanted a hot chocolate. You said, no. He goes, sit on that fucking bench. And I sat (laughs) on the bench and the whole team got skated while I watched. Wow. (laughs) The Dude, I just, I drank the chocolate like it was fucking 104 degrees. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> so the boys were pissed they said what do you want me to fucking do they they forgave me because it was a good story yeah oh man that's oh, classic unreal, man. hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals
1: on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank linkedin helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role
3: Quickly, I know we've kept you a long time here, man. I We really do appreciate you, but Absolutely. I got to bring up, got to bring up Shorzy, uh show you're on. It's, it's unbelievable. Unfortunately, my nine-year-old is always quoting. Uh,
0: yeah, I know. <laughs> it's, it's hard terrible.
3: to, well, the key, well, all the kids, why? Well, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a great show. I, I have a million questions about it, but just wanted to ask you how you, how that all came about for you uh, and, and the show and joining it.
0: Okay. And before that, I want to know something. You know, my favorite music video, one of them is the Grateful Dead Touch of Grey. Did you think of that when you came up with your logo?
3: Well, that's the one with the two, us and the, the skulls. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, that's like, we have a, like, what, three? kind of. Three. Yeah, that was kind Twilight. of secondary. Yeah, that was kind of a, our secondary one. But are uh, you thinking? I like the...
0: No, I, no, it was Touch kind of, of I just, I uh, song, by uh, way, it was gray, just okay. kind of. Watch the video. When we're done, watch the video for Touch of Grey, and you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, oh, cool. All okay. right. Anyway, so the question was, uh, what, Shorzy, how did it get started? Yeah, like,
3: how did you, yeah, like, it, I mean, yeah. you're a natural. I mean, it, it, like we were talking oh, yeah. about this earlier, like, the, I love the show. Like, it's unbelievable, Thanks. but anyway, like, how, hey, how did this all come
0: about? It's as close to Philadelphia hockey as you're going to get, right? <laughs> that's if right, one that's team, right. If there's one city that should identify with the Sudbury Blueberry Bulldogs in pro yeah. hockey, I would think it's Philadelphia. So, guys, this is the thing, man. I came back. Without really dissecting at all, I, I mean, I, I felt I was going to play a long time in the NHL. I was a rookie of the year in the minors. Like I said, those stories I was telling you, I had 21 goals my first year, yep. and I had 34 fights, 256 minutes, man. My favorite of the, like, I grew up a Canadiens fan, and I don't, I, like, I remember the jersey I had was Chris Nyland. I could remember his stats, so he was always obviously on my mind. People forget, Knuckles had 21 goals, man. He had, like, 200 minutes, 21 goals, 19 another year. Like, he was, you know, way more of, his, of, of a talented player than people remember that, that people think because fights last on the internet. And, you know, when he went through his turmoil, they were like, you know, he's a tough guy. And he was. He had a lot of balls. He more de- picked up yeah. for his teammates than anything. But I really liked that because I'm saying maybe, maybe I can do that. So I was proud of that year because I thought, you know, if guys like Turner Stevenson are here and, and you know, Knuckles and I liked Bob Ganey's two-way and, right. you know, there's things about my game that I think could benefit. So anyway, I... uh after that year and I, I didn't have a good time with michelle terrien I, I hated him to be honest but right. was really ignorant but again i i don't i i, I for, for a while there was some hard feelings but i didn't communicate well at no point did i go in and, and shake his hand and say let's talk about this or you know i mean i could say he started it like a two-year-old but that's stupid and you know i thought i should play more in montreal but i get now the way two-way contracts work and how much goes into that they were bringing me along i don't think they realized how much of a bad time i was having in the minors due to michelle but i never brought it up and like again people look at the games played and they think that i have something against the canadians they're always my favorite team like i said i thought ray Jean maybe should have played me more but i don't have any hard feeling he treated me nice he treated me as a human right. he would work with me he would phone me You know, he told me straight out, straight out one day. I'm like, well, why did you pick me eighth if you're going to bring me up and give me one shift against Domi? And he'd be like, well, I I wouldn't have picked you eighth because I don't think you're a good enough skater. Somewhere up there, I'm going, what? He goes, no, I love you as a player and everything. And, you know, let's work. But he goes, you know, you want to. So he was always really nice, even in in those times telling me what I didn't want to hear. Alan Vigneault, I don't know. He was nice enough. I'd get called up. I understand that you wouldn't put me in the starting lineup. Like, you know, it's all right so the point is there was never really that hard feelings. I chose not to go back to camp. And when that happened, I I busted my ankle and I, Uh, I made that decision, right? I didn't have to make that decision. What killed for years wasn't just that I made it. It was that the next year they had a record number of injuries and all my Mm -hmm. buddies that I was playing with, like uh, Aaron Asham and and Matt Higgins in particular got up and, and, you know, got a chance. And I was like, you know, but again, I'm not dwelling on anything. It was hard to take for a while. Largely because I almost wish it had not been my fault, because probably would have been easier to blame somebody. Yeah. But you know, so I'm living with that, I went back to school, like I'd said earlier, and I was far removed. But you know, I got on the film. I got on a film set. Um, I, I, when I say I blew all my money, and I did, I got to put this in perspective first. Because I say that and people almost laugh, like I was MC Hammer and I was buying gold floor. <laughs> like, is the AI Alan yeah.
3: Iverson. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. My signing bonus was 1.25 million, and I remember my my I had the most in the draft because you can only get 2.55 overall. Didn't matter how you got it, right? Right. So I got 1.25 straight up, and I think it was like 4:30 a year or something. Whereas Damon Lankow, went fifth, three picks before me, my my teammate. Yeah. He got the same two point five five, except his bonus was eight thirty or something. He was getting paid eight thirty. And again, he was in Tampa Bay. The tax worked it out better for that anyway. For sure. But anyway, so not that I even give a fuck about the money, man. Not that, I right. swear when I when I was told I signed Bob Loughs, that coach I told you about, goes go in the dressing room. The fax is coming out, and the fax came out and said 150,000. I freaked out. I freaked out, and meanwhile, that was just increments. That was the first increment, and I, I went, "Wow, I fucking signed!" You oh said you just signed for 1.25 million. Settle the fuck down. Oh my, god. Oh, my god. oh my god! I had just pawned off everything. I pawned off my car, the one before that. I pawned off. Um, CDs like I just didn't have you know my my parents my dad was a teacher my mom wasn't they came out with me they 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 had a bad thing happen to their house when they rented it out insurance didn't cover it like there was I, I wasn't asking them for money and I'm on 60 bucks a week so and not only that I'd sign with signature rookies which blocked out the logo they paid the player and I went and got a credit card so I was like on that deal that I showed them and they went bankrupt so now I owe like thirteen grand, and I'm getting sixty bucks oh, a week. No.
3: So yeah, wow. so I
0: was like so when I saw that, I freaked out anyway. So <laughs> here's the thing. I ended up getting one point two five million, right? So the first thing I did was buy my parents a Jeep Cherokee. You know who I called Danny Cleary's father, uh, Kevin Cleary, back wow. here. Me yeah. and Danny Danny was also represent, represented by IMG. We're the only two players on the mainland and you know largely you're not i I don't want to get into it but when mike barnett wayne gretzky's agent signed me the first thing my dad said if you think terry's good you got to go to harbour grace newfoundland right now and see this kid cleary then he was gone i say i played i was the only junior in canada at 14 yeah until the next year cleary went and did the same so anyway i called kevin i'm like hook it up i fucking cherry red fully loaded get her done did that i don't want to get into, I don't know, again, I don't care, but it's their business, but, you know, some things happen to the house, and I took care of that, okay? Then I buy myself, I go out, I don't know shit about cars or anything, and Lanks bought a Viper, and he goes on second thought, that's probably a bad decision to roll into camp in a Viper, so I was like, well, I'll get a Camaro, like, you know, like, it's just <laughs> just like that. So I just bought it, again, I buy it with cash. Right. I don't know, because <laughs> I, I got a financial advisor, he's putting the money away. Point is, now, those things, what have we talked about so far? Me and Lanks, you know what we also did? The winners of the awards in Tri-City, if you won an award, you got to go on a cruise with some fans that paid for it, right? So me and Lanks were like, geez, why, why should eight of us go on a cruise? So I'm not going to say we took the whole team, but there was a few guys that wanted to go, and we're like, just because you didn't win an award, so we bought them cruises, oh. right? And I brought some mm-hmm. of my friends that were there along the way with me, that I never would have done it without, right? Um, they, I got them a cruise, right? So now, when I, I don't know about tax. So, my, the taxes in Montreal then in Quebec were fifty-eight percent. Oh, holy no. shit! My my yeah. agent got four. My financial advisor got two. So sixty-four percent of that's gone. Now, if you do the math on what I just told you, it's almost gone. Yeah. Right. But I, because I got 435 grand or something, but I don't know anything to me. Taxes. When I go buy a candy bar, there's 17 cents le- extra that I got to pay. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I don't go what I get. I, I don't know. I'm, it's not a, a complaint so much as I just didn't know. So right. now it's, so I'm not going to complain about making 67 five us in the minors for three years, but you know, and I did get called up quite frequently. I didn't play a lot, but I'm just saying I'm not that. So that money was was i didn't really ever get a chance to be extravagant with it or anything right um that's just the way it went right so when i'm telling the story you know don't picture some guy out getting blowing hookers every night you know (laughs) it it wasn't that it was just like you know i got money and this needs to be done so um So the money's blown. I go back to school and I'm playing senior hockey for five or six hundred and fifty bucks a game. The league here is real good league, but it wasn't like a fighting. And I did fight Langer twice, Darren Langer, Langdon, and it would happen. But like it wasn't really what I'm saying is that when I say that we get paid to play, a lot of people associate it with the Quebec League, that there's a lot of fighting. Right. Um, You know, it's here, if yeah, you piss someone off, you're Newfoundlanders like people fight. But it's not the first thing that you're doing going to the ring. Probably like 90s WHL. So. Um, from the point of view that I mean, there's no like goons going around, but everybody right. has a bit of spark. So, anyway, then we get up to Danielle. I had a little tiny bit of money. I can't remember what it was. It was, I believe, the Habs. Something happened. Uh, the ownership went back to. I, I had I had money in in Molson, I think. And when the team changed hands, we got paid out. It was like seventy grand. And I'm not going to say what it is, but. It, a guy I used to play with he was actually president of a team I used to play for. Came over and gave me a pitch and uh turns out he needed the money and I thought he was rich. So we gave him all of that and it was gone in three months. Oh so I got nothing. Okay. God. I've got to sell the house. We lived on the water. We had a pool. We lived right on the water, could fish every morning. Um we had eight acres, ten acres, I believe. And I had to sell that for $280,000 cause I was desperate. Okay. Hmm. What happened was the bank called and they said, we've, we've been emailing you for months and I wasn't getting it. I'm like, well, my insurance, I don't want to get into it. I don't want to blame her or anything, but she was, and I didn't see this. So I get pulled them. They go, you got two weeks to sell your house or we're taking it. Oh, I'm going, far. what? Okay. So the same house right now, Right now, on Indian Meal Line, if you want to look at houses there in Newfoundland, is selling for a million. Okay. Now, this was, I guess, 2015 or 16. So time has gone by, but not that much appreciation has happened to these houses. I had to sell it for like 280 or something to just a crack, not even even almost. So I had to go up to Toronto, and Jerry, my book had just come out. Jerry D, a Canadian comedian, had seen had read the book. So he's like, you know, you want to come up and do some comedy. You can open it. He actually didn't. He said, come up, we're going to write a, a, a TV show together. And that subsided. He got family feud and he had other, he, he's in a show called Mr. D here. And he's a great stand-up comedian, but I thought I'd be like working for him. He says, no, you're, you're opening for me in Oshawa tonight. I go out now. I'm depressed. I'm up there. I got no money. Uh, I've blown everything. My, I, I'm, I'm raising my buddy's kid, BJ young, who passed away, okay. played in the American league at 35. <clears throat> yeah. for Cincinnati um So they were, and Penny Lane's just born. I got to, I, I got I to gotta do something here. And Danielle and I were getting divorced. The timing didn't look great, but I'm like, I mean, from the kids' point of view, it probably looked like I left them and went to Toronto. But I had no right. money. The film I'd just gotten in, but there was no. Now there's all year round. We're protected. There's unions, all of that. But at the time, well, there, there was unions, but there just wasn't work here all the time. So when when it's great to make a decent dollar, it was hard work, I guess was making 250 a day, maybe 300, but it was, it was a lot of work. And then you'd have five months with no work. Right. Right. So when you owe all those bills, you can't really live like that. So the mm-hmm. book come out. So I said, I'll probably sell some books when I'm opening for Jerry, but I'm like depressed. And I'm like, what a hard time to do comedy. man. Right. And being there going, I had a place with a futon, nothing else in it. I'd go down and get a breakfast sandwich and a coffee, three 99 in Parkdale right there, on queen street west every day and then i'd at night eat anything from craft dinner to those whatever they call it the, the, ramen the soup, powdered soup yeah ramen stuff i'm telling you man and then so i had to do comedy that whole summer you know help helped me out dale howard chuck oh no shit oh, oh really and, yeah and he gave me he goes he came downtown man and i jerry's like if you want to keep doing it you gotta you gotta work the bars so i was down like at the comedy barn at, at yuck yucks downtown getting like 50 bucks a show. Right. And I got to keep and So Dale knew that and saw that I wasn't buddies with him, but he knew Shane Corson and some people that I'd stayed in touch with that were my real good buddies. So he said, come on out. And he, and I spoke at his event and there was a bunch of like hall of famers out there. He has a golf tournament fundraiser in uh, Mus- Muskoka every year. And so then, then, then I got to know like ally Afraidy, uh, Oh God, Gary Lehman, like really well, there was other people there that I know, like, you know, Grant Fuhrer was there. I introduced myself, but these guys like that really stayed on board. And then like, I was like, do you want some uh, NHL alumni games? And then Steve Shuck gave me some, right. He was my assistant coach in Montreal. And so it kind of helped put me on the map, gave me enough money to come home here and figure it out. So I got back here. Now there's a show starting up. The people that I worked for on Republic of Doyle, where I was crew the whole time, right. Jump how high for five or six years. now, we're doing a show called Frontier, okay? In the summertime, there's a one-off movie here that's not, re- not associated with the same company, but they needed workers. And I knew my job at this point, and the movie was called Maudie, a quiet little movie about Maud Lewis, a, a, a painter from Nova Scotia, and we made uh, Trinity, Newfoundland, into Digby, Nova Scotia. And who's the male lead in the movie? Ethan Hawke. Ethan Hawke oh, wow. come to our games with Kiefer Sutherland. I think he would be lying. He was humoring me saying he knew who I was. But we used to go to a place called Bonanote after every single game, me and course and whoever else wanted to come, usually all the boys. And so I'm going by I could get fired for this, I know it. But Ethan's sitting there and I'm he's in the green room and I throw one of the copies of my book in cuz I'm like if he reads this, he's going to know exactly like he was with me in those places like. Mm-hmm. So I do it. Okay? Three weeks go by, and I think it's the end of a long day. And I'm, like I said, the guy. I'm the first up and last. I'm head locations guy, one of them, and that's a lot of work. Anybody listening on a film set knows what I'm talking about. And I'm exhausted. And I sit, and I'm. It's a. It's a. It's a October day, a late October day. And it's every once in a while we get those um, real, almost like a Chinook wind, but our weather comes late and stays late because of the icebergs in in the spring. It's often nippy cold coming off the ocean. It might be, oh, it might say 25 degrees, but it's not 25 degrees. Wind chill in like the summer, June, uh, May, June. But then it gets normal. But we also get the other effect. It's snowing in a lot of places, and it's still like 16, 17 degrees. This one day is like 23. It's like October 25th, and we're sitting there doing, the, and I'm exhausted, man. I got a joint, and I got a bottle of Jack. And I put the Jack here, and I fucking take a puff, and I'm like, holy oh, fuck, man. I'm exhausted. Exhausted missing my daughter there's no wi-fi or anything in this tiny little place so i can't talk to her and i hear the footsteps coming up behind me and i and i see the shadow and i turn around i'm like are you fucking kidding me it's ethan hawk no and shit it's down and he goes i read your book and he said it's not always about the games played it's about the experience and the friendships you make along the way and i said yeah exactly that's kind of why i wrote it he said i know and he told me a story and i, I think his friend was coaching I don't know much about American football I, I do about the NFL but not the college but it, I think it was Texas A&M if it wasn't it was one of those southern places that someone had coached for like 20 years and they could, they had any NFL opportunities and he said I know this guy and he said it reminds me a lot of you and he said what I think you should do is start getting into acting or auditioning or something he said you're re- you're clearly creative and he said you got all that emotion inside cuz when I started telling the stories he goes you're lighting up when you're talking about all this he said take that emotion and put it into whatever character comes down the middle. And, mm. you know, you can you, he said, so I know that you can be really happy or really sad. I know that now. And I was like, okay. Like, you know. And we got back and it, we went out to a place called the Bull and Barrow, one of my favorite. It's a rock and roll bar downtown, really small one. They play music videos. And we sat there. And I was with Ethan Hawke and Gary Sexton. And I'm having a beer. And Ethan goes, I do it. Now, I've had two or three beers. And I call the people I used to work with. I'm like, boys, I've been on Alan Hocko in particular. I said, I've been on crew for this long, and I know you're supposed to be in the union to have an audition, but however I can do that. Now, I'd done a couple of stunts. I didn't know that that went for them, like, you know, easy stuff for Republican Doyle. Uh, You know, we need someone else to fall down in the background kind of thing, right? Never a role that I spoke, but a couple of times I got, like, I don't know, hit by a car seemingly, you know, but so I didn't realize. And they were like, well, you only need one more credit to get in the union. It's not that much of a stretch. Sure. So I go in and I audition for this British cook. And I'm horrible. The accent, I'm horrible. And on, and I, I, I had a flipper. I was going to get my teeth fixed, like permanently. But honestly, to that point, it would have just been a waste of money. I, I couldn't really afford it and everything else. So that's why I was waiting. And I was waiting to get in the union, right? And it was right that time I'm getting in the union. So but what happens is that I take my flipper out to have a sip of coffee after the god awful uh, uh, audition and then they go, wait, we've got this thing for a British soldier at the very beginning. So this is on Netflix. It's called Frontier. It's like five seconds into the show. Season one, just put it on. It's the tea It's right at the beginning before the credits or anything come up. It's the teaser. And I got my hands behind my back. And now I only got to say, please have mercy. Right? so I go to the audition and the, the girl there her name is Danielle Irvine and she's the casting director and she's like get to my house right now we got to record you doing this and I she goes I, I it it's, I, I never thought of it she goes like get over here right now cuz I think you're going to get it so I go there she goes and so I'm like what please, please have mercy she goes say it like a fucking british soldier I'm like I don't know how to she goes it's three words So I, I said <laughs> please have mercy please have mercy and I and I, I started to think about how I was in I, I don't know people ask me I I don't know how I turned it on, but I started crying. Yeah. So because she goes, this scene requires someone to, like, be scared, crying. Like, so I was like, okay. so they saw it. I get the call. Yo, I'm getting it. And I realized one of the people that saw it, actor, producer, is Jason Momoa. And Momoa had read my book. Now, he's just coming off um, Game of Thrones. He wasn't Aquaman yet in a later story I'll tell you next time I'm on I was with him when he got the word he was going to be aquaman wow. but anyway Gosh. he has, he has read my book he's a hockey fan he's from Des Moines Iowa real humble beginnings and never learned he said i didn't have money for skates but i could play roller hockey so he like he i taught him to skate after all this right wow. he had a wow. shot on him he was like like Sheldon Surrey. and he got a shot man but um, <laughs> he uh yeah he couldn't stop anyway so <laughs> they give me the role and i get in and then Momoa takes a liking, comes in, meets my dad, meets my family and everything. And I happened to be with him one day when all this happened. And um, his assistant, I was having a beer with him downtown at a place called Merchant Tavern. Again, still mostly crew. But now I'm in the union and he's telling me he's going to get me these stunts gigs and everything. So I'm like, okay. And his assistant had bad news. I can't remember what it was, maybe a tragedy in the family. But she went back to um, California. And he just looked over at me. This was about 2016, I suppose. And he said, uh, maybe 17 by now. And he said, um, you want to be my personal assistant for a few months? We're going to go over to Europe for th- three months. And we're going to do season three of Frontier. And then I'll put you in a couple other things. But you'll like learn at least how to be a fighter when it comes to stunts. Because there's all kinds of stunts. And I went over there with these guys. I went over to Europe. We we, shot, we went over like a month before the rest of the crew that I used to be on. Right. Now I'm not crew anymore. Locations jump how high. Now I'm telling the director, well, we're going to go over there. If you want to talk to Jason, call me. Like, it's wild, right? Wow. Go through me. My second phone call was Jimmy Fallon. I'm going, this is fucked, right? Yeah. (laughs) This This is So then we go over there, and the the things that we had planned, especially for Frontier Season 3, a lot of them were in these castles. So we were in a place called um, Bambra. Bambra, and it was – about four or five hours above uh, north of Newcastle, it was almost in Scotland. So it was a it was in England, but not anywhere near London or any of that. So we go up, and so we're on our own. I mean, these little towns. These towns, like the the biggest place by far was Alnick, Alnick but it's spelled A L N W I C K. That's where the Harry Potter castle is for real, the real mm, one, the okay. where they. So it's like ten thousand people, and that was maybe a twenty minute drive. We're in places that are like. 300 people like right and we're in these little cool bars listening to music I'm with Momoa the whole time like it's so small that a lot of people don't even know who he is so it's wild we do all of that right now I'm doing all the stunts with no tooth because you know in all these it requires somebody that looks you know like that require like you got to look beat up or a soldier and a lot of people in the 1700s had no teeth so that's what the show is so then he puts me in another movie called Braven and and he comes back here, and you know we parted ways. I hear from him once in a while. I know it's Jason Momoa. I don't bother him, but you know after after the other night, he sent me a message. So um, anyway, now now I get back, and now I'm here, and I'm going in for crew, but I'm getting calls. They're like, hey, we need a gangster in this movie, right? We need a we need a pimp, we need a drug dealer, we need a skeet, we need because the tooth. it's a, it's often about a look. And now yeah, I'm right. now we're getting more shows here. Right now, Hudson and Rex just started, which is still going. I played a villain in in episode nine. I'm starting to now and and get days on set are are, are now they're good pay. They're five times what I was making per day the first time. So I'm like, okay, now I'm starting to get back and I owe a lot of money, but I'm starting to pay it off. This is great. And I'm telling this story. I I, I was telling the story on Chicklets, how I played a boxer. And it's funny because I I went on spitting Chicklets and literally the next day. Um, and we couldn't reproduce like, cause I got, I got the flipper. So they wanted the boxer to hit me. The show was called little dog. Joel Hines was the actor and he had to hit me. And they said, how are we going to get the tooth flying away? So we, I literally cracked off. The director did it for me. John Vachery cracked off a, a, an actual chiclet and we put it up there. And the guy hits me and it flies out of my. So I actually spit a chiclet. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's unbelievable. Like, I, I was the only person in North America that for work had to spit a chiclet that day. And, right. I, uh, I, and I was telling this story on, uh. I think it might have been on chiclets, but maybe it was on another pod at the time. I can't really remember. But Kiso was Jared Kiso, who writes letters yeah. to me in Jersey. Yeah. He was listening. So I get a call from casting. Now, again, I'm doing it around here. I never thought I'd go into another province. That's a whole new ball of wax there. So uh, they, they, I, I, they they, pretty much tell me that, you know, we got this role for season eight in Letterkenny, and it's a Newfoundland team. And, you know, do, do you still have a tooth missing? I'm like, yeah. They're like, okay, perfect. Part one, done. Uh, can you I, – I can't remember what she said, but I was led to believe it was mine to lose. So she said, go do the audition right now. I was on the way to coach hockey school, and my two buddies, Scotty Bray and Zach O'Brien, who Zach was the guy who called me to play the fucking game the other night. Yeah, Zach goes, yeah, Yeah, come on down. And so Zach, Zach played the other guy with me and he doesn't want to be on camera at the best of days. Zach doesn't do many interviews, but we were like, fuck, I got a chance to be on Letterkenny. So Scotty took the fucking camera with my phone. I went through it with him. And by the time I left, the I, I put the, not much great reception in the rink. So we just recorded it. I went outside, sent it through, came in. By the time I left, I'm driving home. Eat. You got a message. Uh, and it, it, it's the script. It's everything. I got the role. I'm like, oh, fuck. Oh, no, my, way. no shit. Get up. I do letter, Kenny. It's the last fucking day of filming. And they got the wrap party that day. And what Kiso tells me is like, this is written for you here. But he goes, I've only been to Newfoundland one day. His favorite show is Coldwater Cowboys, his favorite show in the world. And that's a show. I think you guys, you had a version of it, Crab Fisherman in Alaska. Mm, what well, we have yep. our, our Canadian version of that here. It's called Coldwater Cowboys off the coast of Newfoundland. So. He loves it, but a lot of my lines are written like those characters say them. And I'm going, yeah. so like, say, say a lot of Newfoundlanders drop, drop their H's and add them. So like Ed Hurley would be head early, right? You're, you're, the word Ed is head. How's head doing? Ma? How's head? <laughs> How's yeah. head doing? Right. So <laughs> I get it. But I go, Keith, there's dialects all over Newfoundland where I'm from. They wouldn't say that. Now, I don't doesn't I don't have to be from where I'm from, but I'm going. I, I'd have to think about those things because it's hard to differentiate, but I can do a towny accent, what they call it here, like that. And the reason is because I used to imitate, now I got a bit of one anyway, but I used to imitate a guy that was the Zamboni driver growing up. His name is Tony Paolo. right? He's a legend in Mount Pearl. He used to wear like fucking tuxes to the junior games on the weekend and <laughs> <or> the senior <laughs> games that my dad was coaching. And like, he's a legend. He had a stroke a few years ago. But um, so he's in a home now, but so I used to imitate him, but Fonce was more like, What are you Ryan? Boy, what are you gonna go play hockey? you what? what? You think you're a big shot, do you? So we used to <laughs> always get a moment, right? But so I go, I can do that. And I kind of did it in the letter, Kenny. But then he's like, Okay, so anyway, so in that particular scene, he's like, Okay, so the things I wrote, he goes, Do that once. We're gonna leave the camera on because all we had to do was taunt the bench. And when I showed up, I knew the other guy. He'd left a long time ago, but it, Patrick Cook, I'd played hockey with his two brothers. So I knew him well, but I just hadn't seen him in like 15 years. So I'm like, okay, we're going to, I said, okay, so I'm going to do townie like Monday pond more than anything. And he goes, okay, I know exactly where we're going to go with this. So we started like kind of riffing off each other on top of what Jared had written, which is what you ended up seeing. And then for Shorzy, um, you know, this is the same character, but Jared told me we had lunch that day and he said, I've got a, a, a great idea for this going going forward, and I might call you back. So I'm like, okay, but he didn't call me in a year, and I just thought that's over. Like I didn't really I didn't I'd rely on it. I just thought, okay. But then he phoned me back same sort of thing. like some girl phoned me the casting, and there was she was like, um, I need you to do this right away. like and this at this point I'm going like the same guy already played. At this point, I think they just wanted confirmation. So they gave me like a lot more to say. And the way I was reading it, I'm like, I think I need to speed up this a bit. So my, my Ted Hitchcock is fonts from like kind of kind of sped up, because I, again, I can do it without thinking, but now I just talks like this, "What are you, at, Ryan, uh? What are you going to yeah. go? In? What are you going to play hockey? Are you what? right? Like now. <laughs> so now I knew exactly what to do with it. Now, So that's Ted Hitchcock. The rest is history, except this part. I finally dug myself out of a hole. My daughter's mother. Danielle, we're divorced. We're still friends. Real good friends. She lives down the street. We don't even have anything written up. If, if she's working, I'll take Penny Lane. If I, yeah. you know, Penny Lane's in there now. She just walked out to, my, my parents are driving her up to, uh, she got to get a present for her friend. My parents weren't available. Danielle will get her, like, so we're, we, three of us work together. We're all living in a small little area. Great. That's awesome. Except the house awesome. I'm sitting in because I didn't have the most money to buy something but her like i said her mom left for two years just got back in september had to take a job in calgary we were both in debt like i told you took a job in calgary opening a bar she's great at that made good money and padded her resume now she got a job here but for those two years penny lane didn't want to leave she's like i I don't want to leave and i probably would have been best off going to toronto to be honest if i wanted to maximize my potential with all this and i do travel a lot but now i made this my base because penny lane said look yeah, and Daniel knew she was coming back. It wasn't urgent for her to go, and she would have liked that. But Penny Lane's, I like, got oh, my friends here and everything. And Penny Lane's in the acting union now as well. Oh, wow! And awesome. she's a, one of the best soccer players in Newfoundland. She's got like she's a very driven athlete. So, not that that's what it's all about. I mean, she started. She was 11 then. I'm like, you know, why would you want to leave? I get it. So I got to find a place. Then I'm not going to rent. I'm going to find a place for us. So I only had five to eight thousand dollars to put down. So there's only a couple of places in town that fit that bill that were clean, that were in a nice area. And I, so right now I'm in the bottom of Mount Pearl. It's like old school. The house is only 650 square feet, but it's right. There's a trail out back, a waterfall. It's, it's the house in the country. This is the early part of Mount Pearl built in 1961. My, my parents' house is only three or four houses. Well, 13 or 14 houses down. It takes maybe five minutes to get there. Not even. So on a nice little path. So it's perfect for me. And do you know whose house it is? It's Ponce's house. He had a stroke. He's an, it had nothing to do with me knowing Ponce. Oh he wouldn't have known it. He couldn't function at that right. point. Hope he's doing better now. I know he's, I know he's struggling, right? Of course I know he's my friend, but, but I ended up and his brother happens to be my godfather, but only because they lived so close way back. I hadn't talked to Bert in 40 years. Right. Wow. But if I was Fonce's buddy, I used to come up here with them. And as I sit here, I'm sitting in that in the very person's house that I'm imitating on Shoresy. Wow. No one shit. isn't connected to the other. It's a fluke. And That's but for crazy. those listening, I don't live in a town of a hundred people. St. John's isn't huge, but it's two hundred, it's a quarter of a million. Right. right. And I'm in Mount right. Pearl, which is an outskirt, but I would have taken anything in the whole area, quarter of a million people to pick from. And I'm in Fonse's house as I, as I tell you this story. <laughs> that
1: is wow. so crazy.
0: That's crazy. Wow.
1: Well, I know that man. took
0: a while boys but I figured <laughs> that's all right. I got to tell you the whole thing because Ponce deserved his due there and Momoa and Hako and Kiso and everybody that helped me. Because of all the things that went wrong early in my hockey career, they went right in the in the late 2010s and you know right up until last night or Sunday night. Wow. Yeah. The, um,
3: I can only imagine uh quickly. I, I know you got to get rolling here, but uh, oh, how, how much fun is it on set for the, with that show? Cause I, I mean, I'm crying the whole damn episode laughing and, and it's, if you're in hockey, especially I have people that, you know, like haven't been around hockey luck, like as lucky as I am. And you guys, uh, you guys played it, but uh, it, it just, I'm like, that's the, What it's like, man. It's like so much fun being in a locker room and just the way the banter and everything. But like, I can only imagine it's got to be a blast.
0: It's so surreal because it's like meta reality, I think they call it, because Mm -hmm. we're in there playing hockey players, which we are. The best days are when we have the dressing room days. Yeah, yeah. sure. (laughs) We put on our gear. Kiso loves to have us in there early. And I mean, for for a lot of reasons, I mean, an actor would probably benefit to be in there early, but I just mean it's great on those days because we go in and as we're putting on our gear, we're telling these stories and he's got real hockey, but he wanted to be authentic. I I heard from Bell Media, I'm not going to say who, and I'm not going to quote them, but I'm led to believe that they were a little bit off put by using actual hockey players, not actors. Now mm-hmm. I don't think, like again I was doing a little bit of acting nobody else was but Joe Dolo is a, is a rapper for real right um, so Jonathan Zabi third round pick is in Nashville but he so i mean there's performance there um and you got Morasti you got the Nolans yeah um, you know you know their history um Goody played junior a in canada even fish fish played junior a and he played a year in pro overseas so Kiso was very adamant even even the background and everything all the boys they're from they're for they're, 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 they the the useless they're all our real, yeah. real good friends now. But it's great because they're secondary, like actors. Like I'm not saying secondary, but in the show. Yeah. And like, so that's that. So we have fun, but we treat them in real life. Like, again, in a fun way. there are our peers. We invite them out. We all have, but you know, we joke about it. Well, fuck you. Yeah. Thank <laughs> you. Yeah. Like, we'll be like, fuck you, Brinker. Go fucking fill the water bottles up. But Even though yeah. it's never what he does. But, you know, it's a lot of fun. And so. Yeah. All the guys with the most biggest hockey resume at this point also have the acting, so we can kind of, it's, it's meta-reality and we joke around. But even those guys got stories. I'm not saying, I don't want that to seem condescending. It's awesome. We're a family. We're in there, and, you know, they'll tell a story about Junior A or Midget or something, and then Jordan Nolan, who's got three Stanley Cups, yeah, tell a relatable story. It really reminds you that hockey's so, like, it's all relative. Like, you know, and I've often said, I go to play junior hockey and Really, there was more similarities with the NHL dressing room than not. There's more money up there and everything. But there is a hierarchy. The leaders are leaders. The rookies got to pick up the pucks. When you get mm-hmm. up and they got to buy a huge fucking meal. But it's it's still, there, there's a lot of similarities. So we tell those. And it's really, it's almost like we're all sharing this love for hockey. But we're not really playing it. Really <laughs> wild, but You know? And when we go out there before and we do those scenes. Yeah. Man, it's wild because, like, you know, it's when you see it. It, it if you, if you're moved and you think it's funny, or you're moved, and at times it tears your it really like Shorzy has more of a heart to it than Letterkenny, um. So sometimes it tugs at your heartstrings, but we're feeling that as it's as it's happening, and we're doing it on the ice, and we're doing it with these hockey players. So we're still sharing experiences together. We're still teammates, right? Yeah. It's just in slightly, and we're put, still putting on our skates. Yeah. We're yeah. Still, still tell the stories. We're still okay. Like, so a, some of it doesn't feel like acting. Right. right. And we're, we're at this point. I, I think people, I, I think they're going to love three. I mean, if you liked one and two, three was the most fun I've had doing anything in my whole life. It was hard to get oh, through wow. a lot, a lot of the scenes, probably a, a, as much that it was well-written as it is. We know each other now. It was hard to get through without busting out laughing. Oh, I'm sure. Oh, God. <laughs> I can right? only imagine that. So, that's, yeah. That, I mean, so I, I could say so much about it. I, look, I've worked on a lot of shows. And what we do, like, we we all stay in the same hotel. And it doesn't really matter which hotel. Like, right from day one, we're like, well, three of us could stay in that one. And you could get us nice Airbnbs all over town, AirBnBs. Or we could go to this hotel, which is a lot less elitist or whatever you want to yeah. use right a lot less it's not five stars; it's a two and a half but we'll all be together and we can put beers in the middle in the tub and we can so each yeah. night erupts into hockey stories we all go out together uh, uh, that's gotta you know, be awesome man it's so it's it's unlike and then not only that not only that the girls who didn't have much of a hockey ba- they do the same like hats off to them tassia yeah. Tellis came into it with a million followers man she's in the hundred she was the the, the star before she came in and she didn't need Shorzy to elevate like we did I'm the same we needed it but that we were here and like our, our public notoriety kind of rose hers either I'm sure it did but in a different way she was already very popular she was making mm-hmm. money she was you know well on the she's and she, the 300 is in comic con so she, right. you know, she's going to expand on that for years but she is great and she could if she wanted stay anywhere she wants She's got the best agent. She's got. She's here, right in that world, and she stays in the hotel with us. Right? It's oh. fucking great. Everybody does. Crew does. Yeah. I don't know any other show. All the crew, and we all go out together, from the bottom of the crew to Tasia Tellis to Kiso to the directors, and when it comes time on the weekend. We all, okay, let's go to a Sudbury Wolves game. Let's go to, and we all hang out together. There's no pretentious whatsoever. It's the most fun, fun environment I've had. The only thing I could actually compare it to is a hockey dressing room. Wow. wow, That's so cool.
1: Well, I'm, I'm super happy for you that you've been able to, you know, work yourself through the weeds uh, and, and find say that these opportunities because you know like you deserve it, and uh you know trials and tribulations of life, right the ups yeah. and downs right is adversity is just part of it. I mean, if there's you know a, a little piece of advice you could give to you know, the the young old listeners, like what would that be because you persevered through so much and you got a great attitude, and I just appreciate that and,
0: and everything you do well, thank you, I appreciate it um i you know, I thought about this, I said like I'm in a position. That there should be a message here, whether I like it or not, because I feel like kind of self-involved. Oh, listen to me. Right. So. And one thing that annoys me is when some people go, look, if you follow your dreams, anything's possible and you will succeed. But that's not the case. So many people are struggling out there and they're like, what the fuck are you talking about? You're on a TV show. I'm working at Tim Hortons. My mother and father just died. I got three kids. You know, like there's people out there, man. There's millions that don't have the money to even listen to this or have a phone, man. Right? And I get that. So it doesn't always work out. But I'm telling you this. At the bottom of all that, I told you in the middle of it. um, Meaning, I I I can't say that with, without, thinking that I'm 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 lying to some degree. And I don't want to be a hypocrite. But during all that time, man, there was a time in, in in. Toronto I remember during that crazy summer that you know I left and we had no money right before I came back and did Frontier and I was it was subconscious well some of it was conscious but I don't smoke and I was down the first part of that I didn't know when I was going to make money right so I hate to compare it to being homeless for real but when I first went up I didn't so I would just spend the nights with headphones on walking around I'd go in Union Station because there was cameras and everything and I'd sit on the bed like I again, I don't want to say homeless. I didn't reach out to anybody or anything I could have, but I was like, I, I got to figure this out. And like, I can't just go in and get a day on set and then have to pay for a- an Airbnb or whatever. So I, for at least two weeks, I'm thinking three, I just did that. I just walked around at night. And so, and I would pick up smokes on the ground and fucking smoke them. Like, cause I didn't have money for anything. I don't, I don't smoke, but I need to pass the time. man. it was the worst anxiety I've ever had in my life. Wow. And I, 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 you know, people might say, well, there's and I get it. And, and, and I have had concussions and everything. I know what that anxiety is about. I know. But I tell you this, that when you're in bed, even if you're prone to it or not, you're going to be depressed. Right. So a lot of people can identify. So I I, I don't know, man. And a lot of those days it was like, how am I going to wake up and get out of bed? But I just kept. Per, it, perseverance is one thing, but you can't really persevere unless you stay positive in your head. Right. Mm-hmm. Like if you stay positive And so whatever it is, like writing helped me always i'm an only child it helped me to release nervous energy um not all energies not all anxieties depressing some of it's just nervous energy like before a game but i would Mm -hmm. get that for seven days straight without a game in the summer so like so i like okay if i didn't try to take that advice myself that i gave myself back then or you know i guess subconsciously and you you stay then i wouldn't have been ready to play for the growlers because i had to be in shape But people might like, and I know it's a little thing and I don't go there and pump pump weight every day, like fucking hacksaw Jim Duggan or something, but I, it's cardio. I don't have time to work out with, with weights, but I do cardio every day. I still skate with the boys. I, I pursued it. I went back and you know, I worked in a, a, right before all that for one month when I got back, I worked in a factory overnights that boxing lotto tickets for minimum wage was like $379. And I'm telling you, you know how hard that was? To walk in and people going, hey, Terry, like, way to go. Like, how was that fight with Domi? And I'm going, and they know and I know that I'm getting $13 an hour. And I'm going to walk out of this week with $379, right? And it was like, you want to talk. There's one thing trying to be humble. This was ta- like taking a sack of hammers across the face twice before every workday, punching in and just going, okay. Mm-hmm. I would put headphones on and listen to ph- philosophy. these these, And just like, not, not in self-improvement, just like to get my mind off what I was doing like what am I and, and people knew it and they're looking around me people that used to get my autograph that I went to school with that like are going what the fuck is a first round pick doing in here well what I was doing was trying to do something to make something and stay positive man I know it's so hard it's so hard and not everybody it's going to work for but what I do know is that if you do persevere and be positive the chances get a lot better right mm-hmm. I can't guarantee it's going to work for everybody but the chances get a lot better and once I stop tripping over my bottom lip about fucking my career up and and you know um this guy and this coach didn't use me and that and just said you know this is life whatever the case is here I am right now right and we got to do something so I don't want to be fucking pretentious but honestly stick with it there's some people out there that know exactly what I'm talking about and who knows? All I can say is that if you probably won't get to play a fucking home game in front of your friends. Uh, you know, <laughs> you, you probably won't be on a film set, but I bet you your life will be better in the near future if you just start thinking that way. Yeah.
1: Right. Amazing advice.
3: It is amazing. And I, let me ask you this T.R. you. You say I got a chance now. Oh yeah, well you know we're <laughs> like brothers. <laughs> You're further ahead than a lot of people. <laughs> I'm gonna
1: do it. So Give it a yeah. shot, Nas. Who knows? Uh,
3: you never know. <laughs> oh man, dude, we we are so uh, happy and proud for you, and uh, thank you for for your time, man. I, I I feel like we have so many things written down. We we got to do another one with you, man. 2.0,
0: uh, because
3: mm-hmm. there's just so much to you, and we really do appreciate you, man.
0: Amen. Whenever you guys want, I'm serious. I, I I do you guys too. Look, I had so many offers, man. I really did, and um, I don't mean that in a, you know, like monetary. I mean requests is a better word to do yeah. to do uh, podcasts like this. But uh Riley, I I don't, I don't just respect you for your playing. It's from what you're what you're doing now, and your voice, and a lot of people look up to you, and uh, I don't want to say that. I prioritize based on old hockey players, but I think your situation transcends hockey. And I think you're helping a lot of people out, um, including me. I had, we're going to talk on my podcast soon. I had Riley on a few years ago and uh, a lot of what he's doing now really helped with me too. And that's another story for another day. Well, appreciate that. Yeah. I know. Mm -hmm. I uh, would love to talk to you more
1: about that. Again, we could probably talk about that in 2.0 and, and, you know, getting jumping back on your pod there, but I appreciate that. And, you know it's like all these you know you say the trials and tribulations the the adversity it's you know the the dream is 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 one thing and then how it plays out is another and um and and it's 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 only for it's it's only to teach you lessons and help you grow and evolve right and it's like you can never script how you got where you are today and, and myself included and um you know it's like the you know The intelligent, conscious energy, whatever you want to call it, it's got different plans sometimes. And it just takes uh, a a little different mindset and and shifting maneuvering. And uh, like you said, you said it best. I mean, you have to keep a positive attitude because once you don't, the the world gets dark quickly. So, um, you know, props to you, brother, for for being a beacon, you know, like a a beacon of light and a beacon of hope for people that are going through the shit. And, uh, you know, you, you got an amazing personality and you're able to, to take, you know, what what you, most people be like unfortunate series of events, but you just spin them and, and, uh, and spit them out with, with some level of, uh, positivity and humor and hope. So,
0: well, thank you. That was well said, you know, after this Maybe you can be my PR agent. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> I, like, I like the cut of your jib. They say around Newfoundland. They like, the, <laughs> likes the cut of your jib. But.
3: Yeah. Yeah. That's
1: awesome. Oh man. So this has been awesome, man. Yeah. Uh, I really appreciate the time. Well, we really appreciate the time and, uh, it's, uh, it's, a an amazing story. And so, it's so happy for you, you know, to, 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 to hear the joy and, the you know, the, just well, the the positivity and it all—it's surely, surely. Well, I'm, also, amazing.
0: I'm also coming off one of the best days of my life, Sunday. So I appreciate yeah. you noticing, guys. Uh, thanks for having me on. My podcast is called Tales with TR, and uh, I always forget to plug anything I'm doing. I'm on. Uh, stay tuned on Terry Ryan Twenty Twenty. That's my Instagram. But I got two books out: Tales of a First Round Nothing, and uh, Tales with TR Fights, Film, and Folklore. And they're all stories like we've been talking about today. It's awesome. Actually, you've heard half the book today. I'm serious. <laughs> yeah,
3: <right. laughs>
1: still still a good read.
0: Still oh,
3: gotta yeah, read for it. For sure. For sure. That's awesome.
1: Well, appreciate your brother. We'll be in touch and uh you take care and keep doing keep doing you, man. It's uh it's it's inspiring. Say the
0: least. Thanks, boys. Thanks Hi, for having man. me. And uh whenever you like my services, I'm here for you
1: big thank you to our friend Terry Ryan TR what a guy oh
3: my god dude we could have talked for 4 hours longest he's pod almost of all two. time i think it's our longest one yet but uh there was other things we had on our I list know. we didn't and, even
1: get to them oh
3: man what a guy um so happy for him man like that, that's just the coolest thing and yeah. the way things have turned out for him and hopefully they'll probably keep getting better um for him
1: i would think so he's on the map now he's on the he's, map he's dude. on the map he's he's charismatic he speaks well he's obviously found his groove and yeah i wish him the best man he'll do fine i think it's it's challenging sometimes for guys to kind of find themselves reinvent themselves if you will i mean and he's also again a first round or eighth overall you think about like how embedded you are into that identity of you know living up to that expectation and then having to figure yourself out and finding it on the back end which Seems to have so you know he
3: he is amazing on Shorzy I'm oh sure. god I he's mean, he's he's probably my favorite character just because I love the way Doofy's talk yeah you know. Oh, like yeah. and I meant to even bring up my boy Roper with him who's with the Maple Leafs and he he'll get to talking and you know I'll say he he'll say something in that you know the way they speak and uh his accent and he always says yeah cats and dogs boys cats and dogs <laughs> he always says that. oh yeah it great. makes me laugh I meant to say that to him but anyway. Great talking to him. We'll catch up with him again, hopefully.
1: Yeah, absolutely. we definitely have a 2.0 down the pipe. Yeah, for sure. It's that time, Nast. Is it? Oh, yeah. Right now? Right at this moment.
3: Oh, my God. It's time for Clear Questions brought to you by Clear Rum. Rigs, get it in you. It's so good. It'll turn you back the other way. (laughs) Please go to clearrum.com slash shop. Type in Nasty 2023, and you get 35% off PA residents. Only.
1: Great deal. get it in you. I know you have. I have a lot. I can keep seeing a fresh set of cans (laughs) every time I come here. Every week,
3: baby. Baller heads up with
0: the clear questions, bro. Starting us off, we got Noah Sharp. Sharpie wants to know, being new to Flyers fandom, what is something about the history of the team someone may not know at first glance?
3: Hmm.
0: If If you're you're new,
3: there's a lot you wouldn't know, I guess. the, the,
1: the The big dog... Information like Flyers won two Stanley Cups
3: almost 50 years ago, almost 50 49, years ago, it's been about 49
1: 74, years. 75. But I, <clears throat> I would like you know, it's, it sounds weird saying because we we know it, and I'm sure every fan, Flyer fan knows it. But you know, they were kind of the creators of well, they created the Broad Street bullies and yes. identity throughout the organization, but essentially created a standard of toughness that at that point time of the uh, of time and space back then they, they every other team followed yes followed suit did. right i mean yep. they all started getting their tough guys and uh it landed up you know it landed up being their identity for a long time um so uh, yeah. obviously start there but anything else come to mind now well
3: that's i mean that's really that is the gist of the flyers especially if you're a new a new fan um they did start that, and everyone tried to create it after they did. So, uh, And like I said, that they did win two Stanley Cups, which has been a long time. So, yeah. But uh, that's a, a great answer and a great question.
0: Justin Giam over on Twitter would like to know, how do you think the Flyers do during this stretch until the trade deadline?
1: Do they keep up or slide a bit?
3: I mean, it's hard to say, but good God, the way they're playing. Uh, they show up every night. I just think you got to. It's going to be more positive than negative. I mean, everybody goes through a little uh, slump, if you will, uh, here and there. But um, even when they've had a couple, they've bounced right back. And you use the word resilient, and it's it's what they are.
1: Yeah, yeah, and resilient, and consistent. I think even in their 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 down parts of the season, there's been more up uh, upside to their downside. So yeah. I mean, they've they've continued to trend upwards. And I would like to think that's going to be kind of consistent the rest yeah. of the way. They're, they'll, they'll, they'll drop their games, obviously, but there's going to be more wins than, than losses, and they they seem to keep finding new dimensions of of playing and, yeah. and and ability to find ways to win games. So I like the way they're trending. Be a little adversity, but I think yeah. uh, as long as they stay healthy. Uh, They'll be
3: fine. I think they'll be fine too, and I just—we've talked about this. We don't need to get into it now, but I think it's going to be interesting coming up to that trade oh, deadline yeah. to see what. See, they got their hands full here and, and big decisions to make there. But uh, yeah, I agree with you. I think uh, if they keep doing what they're doing, which I think they will, I think they're going to be fine. Yeah.
0: Last one is from Bonzi Greg Bond over on Instagram. Bonzi, how do you feel about the current All Star Game format?
3: I'll go first Riggs cuz I know you don't agree. I actually don't mind the 3 on 3. I when I was fortunate enough to do it in 2017, we were we were doing a 3 on 3 and the only thing I don't like, I think in the first game or two, they don't really give it their all. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they're they're trying to put a show on For I sure. get it, but like at the end of the day, it's a million dollar you know well a hundred thousand each yeah. to win which i think is good but i i wish they would really like play hard i know it's it's a different time but i don't know i think it would be better if i think some teams like when i was there we won our first game well we won it simmer was the mvp that year mm-hmm. wayne simmons uh but like you could see they're kind of floating a oh, little yeah, bit yeah. you know what i mean and then when you get into the next one it's more like Oh shit! Like we got to bear down here, or if the game's close, then both teams start bearing down. It's way more fun to yeah. watch, you know what I mean? So I do like the three on three because it's different. But what do you think?
1: I mean, I'm not opposed to the three on three. It really, obviously, highlights the incredible skill these guys have. Yeah. But it does slow things down, obviously. You know, historically, all star games have always been a little bit of that, right? But like looking back to when I was growing up and like watching the all star games. I didn't realize how much, you know, they were kind of going through the motions. Yeah. these guys are just like cruising yeah. through. They're all stars. I mean, clearly, I mean, you yeah. got the highest skilled guys on the ice together. Um, so, I mean, that being said, I understand why they do three on three, and it's just like it's it's just it's to create more goals and yeah. more offense and just more entertainment for the fans. So, I mean, it's not that I'm against it. I guess you know, I, I I'd like to think even five on five you could. You know, the yeah. Harlem Globetrotters out there, and still. Oh well they, well, they I mean, were. They were. Yeah. Years I mean, a you, so I mean, to, but, that being said, I I think I like. It. I think it's for, probably good for the game, just to, you know, to really yeah. to really show the, the skill uh, of these guys and yeah. generate a little more offense. Well, but. I'll tell
3: you one thing I don't like are the jerseys.
1: No, oh, the, the, this, this year. year
3: for this year, Beebsy? Beebsy.
1: First of all, he
3: takes my my cut, and everybody calls it the Biebs when I had it before oh, yeah, he did, he, and you know it's true. Ballers did. got
1: proof. He did
3: way back before this kid was. I don't even know he was born he, when I had
1: the. You Biebs brought even. bangs in I style. Brought him. You I brought, brought him. them. <laughs> <laughs> that was nasty when i first met you it. man. i was like wow this, this guy got a twitch or I, you know. guys, <laughs> I did
3: i did have a twitch it might have been from the or night
1: before or, it could have been yeah, from, right from right I the night, night before, before yeah but, i thought uh, homer would have told you to cut those bangs <laughs> get those oh he out. did
3: a number, number of times he made me get a haircut <laughs> but uh no not a big fan of him this year they almost look cartoonish or yeah child i don't know whatever but hey man i like you beep so he was nice to me when i met him
1: generated by ai
3: yeah, probably.
1: Yeah, probably. Pumped, it, pumped it through a algorithm, and yeah, that's what we got. Something. NFT. But Debo
3: already has one. Yeah. Wearing it yesterday. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how you got it that quick.
1: He knows somebody. He knows people. Yeah. Anyway. That's a wrap, Nas. Nice. That's
3: a wrap. T. R.
1: In the books, one forty-three. One forty-three. Can you believe it? it? Nope, I cannot. <laughs> Neither can I.
3: I know because you thought it was one thirty a little while yeah, ago.
1: Yeah. One thirty p.m. What it happened to th- the day. Oh, it <laughs> day? It's been a long day. It's <laughs> <laughs> been a long day. Wow, it has been a long day. I know you got to get rocking here. I do. Dinner time. No, I <laughs> <We> <laughs> got a game.
3: We got the get... Ramsies. We got the Maryland Black Bears. In uh-oh, the town.
1: Uh oh. Calm you before the storm. You coming? Probably not. You
3: know, Paul, are you coming? Because you win. Got a Wait,
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, he's got a little bit of work. He's got a four-hour pod tonight. to record yeah, yeah, don't worry about it. He's got it. Well, it's a man, that's a wrap. Until next week for 144. Make sure to be safe. Stay safe, knuckleheads.
3: See ya.